go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussin' and a discussin' with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, crmw.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this Friday on the front porch, the first Friday of the new year. It is the sixth day of January, 2023. Happy, happy, happy birthday to my dear sister, Terry Ellen, down in Alabama. You're only a few, you're only a few weeks ahead of me, and then we'll both be 60-year-olds, 60-year-old little old ladies, and right. But happy birthday. Happy birthday, sis. Um, hi, I'm Robin. This is the Horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between and the Great Globe Round, and whatever time it is where you're listening and when you're listening to the podcast. And thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Thanks to everyone who does, and thanks to, for listening live. Thanks for listening on whatever stream you listen on. Thank you. Even if you're listening on TuneIn, with all those annoying, obnoxious <sighs> ExxonMobil ads and whatnot. Yeah, uh, thank you. Please like and subscribe and leave a comment wherever you're listening because that just makes a Brother Deacon's heart all, 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 all happy. Right, Brother Deacon Asa? Right, right. So uh, it, it, is, uh, it is the 6th day of January. It's Friday on the front porch here in about, oh, uh, about 50 minutes or so. We will go over the river and through the woods to the old holler tree we sublet from the Keebler Elves, where we keep the extraordinary, ordinary round table, around which we gather our our few, we happy few, every Friday to cuss and discuss the issues of the day. You're mightily welcome to participate. New voices are always welcome on Friday on the front porch, and it would be it'd be great to hear from folks maybe we've never heard from before. Love to have some. Huh. Ladies' voices in the um, in, in the conversation as well. I, I really, really would. Um, it's a little lonesome being the only girl. Um, so come on by if you if you feel like uh, you might enjoy that. Sorry about the late start. Really. Remember, even if I'm a few minutes late, I'll be there. You know why? 
because I'm behind the mic more often in any given broadcast year than anybody else doing this kind of work for the most part, as far as I can tell. I don't take days off. Recall, I... Okay, I took... Well, no, that was a Sunday. No. Didn't take Christmas Day off. That was a Sunday. Didn't take New Year's Day off. Didn't even take the day off when the Monday was an official holiday. I am always going to be here. I was late this evening. I, I freely confess it. Guilty, 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 guilty. And part of the reason that I was late is uh, uh, Annette was helping me make the uh, fabulous Horn Lowe's broadcast bucket. Never thought I'd be saying that. Uh, a little less miserable <laughs> to sit on. So, yes, yes, for this Friday on the front porch, on the first Friday of 2023, I am again broadcasting from high atop a... Uh, Lowe's five-gallon bucket turned upside down with a pillow and a blanket and I think a rolled-up bathrobe under it. Ha, yeah. <laughs> I will try, I'm going to try to get something in the way of the chair in here. Found one. Brother Deacon Asa really did help me. Um, we talked a little bit about proportions and measurements, and, and uh, I, I think I found something that's going to work and work nicely. So, you know, as soon as... Well, as soon as all the bills are paid, I'll do that. And speaking of paying the bills, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude. And this program is no different. And so we say thank you to our sixth day of the month subscribers. That means thank you so much to our buddy uh, of longstanding, Don in West Tennessee. Hey, Don. And thank you to John. Thank you, John. Thank you to Michael in Madison, who's been having fun with the Republican malarkey over on uh, uh, the Zucker book. Thank you to Charlene in Rogues Island. Thank you so much, Charlene. Thank you all for being partial sponsors of the program. Uh, if you'd like to jump in with uh, the fine folks who are the sixth day of the month subscribers, feel free. Lord knows uh, we, we, we've, lost, we've lost more subscribers than we picked up in the last year or so. Um, but thank you. Thank you for being there. You're the reason this program exists alongside the a la carte contributors and the Patreon contributors. Thank you. And thanks to Ralphs. Ralphs has been playing the uh, uh, Ralphs has been playing the how many uh, how many how many Republicans will vote against Kevin McCarthy game again today. This is more fun than Plinko on uh, the price is right. Uh, twice today, uh, Ralphs has jumped in with uh, uh, $6 and then $7. So that gets our fundraising goal down to, uh, let's see, $493 to, fin uh, to finish the first week of, uh, of January 2023. Oh, I know, Matt. <laughs> Matt's, Matt says, sub subject line, fundraising. Girl, you are not going to make your first million selling horn buckets. You really are bad at this fundraising stuff. Here's 25 bucks. Thank you. <laughs> uh, maybe if I get some drumsticks and get another bucket and turn it upside down and you know, drum on it. I, I hear that works in the uh, um, in, in the busking world. <sighs> Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Uh, wait. 
bucket pudding. No, no, that, 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 that hustle's been taken. Jim Baker's got that one locked down. Damn it. Um, and, yes, it, 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 Theo earlier today <laughs> made reference to my bucket seat. Uh, Billable Rick says, your bucket chair. Do you ever get earthquakes in West Virginia? If so, you better hold on tightly because your Lowe's bucket pudding chair is liable to topple over. I'm not, I'm not moving much at all because I could very easily slide off the top of this thing, earthquake or no. We're pretty, we're pretty quake-free, but I don't particularly want to risk it. Oh, the one I found is, okay, it's pink. But uh, it, it looks pretty ergonomically comfortable. It's got a lumbar support. It's got a back-of-the-leg support on it. It'll be the best chair that we've ever had in here. So as soon as the power company, the water company, the finance company, the insurance as soon as everybody's happy, uh, maybe I won't be broadcasting live from a chair. But thank you. Thank you, Matt. We are. Uh, that means we are uh, down to... Um, Four hundred and seventy-eight dollars. Thank you. Uh, bucket asks Steve in New York. How about this? Buckets O'Horn Nutraceutical. No, 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 no. Hold back. Hold back. No. I got it. Buckets O Sex Clams. Yes. A great big bucket of Horn Alabama sex clams. That'd be bound to go over with the paleo chocolate chicken bone nutritional beverage crowd, wouldn't it? For male stamina and 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 female irresistibility and 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 non-binary um, potency. Gotta get it. Gotta get it. You can't just you can't just limit yourself when you're when you're selling Alabama sex clams in a <sighs> sure. Hopefully, someone is giggling. Uh, Stephen New York says uh, breaking news: George Santos has just announced that his it, that it is his face. <laughs> oh, we're off to a good start. George Santos has just announced that it is his face on the Shroud of Turin. Yes. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, George Santos has just announced that it is his eye atop the pyramid on the back of the $1 bill. Uh, well... <laughs> This is going to turn out to be quite the expensive bucket billable. Billable Rick says you can add some jade eggs to your Alabama sex clams package. Probably get sued by Gwyneth Paltrow. But, you know, listen, the bucket hustle, I don't think Jim Baker could sue me. No. Uh, Keebler Elves, Lee in New York, wants to know, uh, uh, is Ernie still their speaker? Are they having ballot issues, too? Well, they, they, uh, there was an election in Keebler Elfland, you see, and the, and the uh, self-hating Elf Party got the majority by a very slim margin. And so, yes, yes, Lee, they've been having troubles uh, electing a speaker. Um, Epaminondas McCarthy has uh, is is coming up on his uh, 14th ballot this evening. Just like Kevers is. 
Let me look here. And uh, Ralph said, I'll bet $25 that the Republicans will wait until after 10 p.m. tonight to make Kevin McCarthy Speaker of the House. So if they elect Kevin tonight, I'll contribute $25, and maybe others will do something similar. Okay, so uh, thank you. Thank you, Ralph. That sounds, that sounds uh, in, at least we'll have something to celebrate. Uh, and since uh, since Stephen New York mentioned George Santos, well, uh, I also got a note from Lady B earlier today, and I found this quite interesting. And really? Okay, that's a thing. Uh, Lady B asking, who is this motherfucker? And why is he able to pull the wool over so many people's eyes? Newly elected freshman representative George Santos, R, Brazil, or New York, or Belgium, or the Keebler Elf Forest makes white power gesture as he casts his vote for House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy. Wow. Uh, How weird. There's a photo. With one hand up, let's see, that would be his right hand up and his left hand below, down at the elbow, giving the white power salute sign, hand gesture, whatever. Oh, Lady B, he is a piece of shit. And he's not going to be run off. Now that he, see, once he gets sworn in, let's understand the depth of, of the, uh, the depth of of what happens once one is a member of the House of Representatives. Barring the fact that these maggots say that they want to have a term limits vote in the House, even though I can't help thinking it would require a constitutional amendment, I just feel really solid about that. Um, once he's sworn in, there's no way to get him out of Congress unless he is defeated in another election in two years time even if he's referred to the office of congressional ethics which by the way um, Kevers man of silly putty McCarthy has already Sworn on his mom on George Santos's 9/11 dead mama's grave that he's going to dismantle. Can't nothing be. They'd have to recommend his expulsion, and then he would have to be voted out by like a two-thirds majority according to the Constitution, unless he chose to resign. Uh. By the way, Lady B noting, uh, George Santos says Kevin McCarthy was with him when Brandon, the dreamy quarterback at Rydell High, asked him to go to the prom with him. (laughs) 
That's, yeah, okay. You got a problem with me? Which one, which one would be the prom queen? Uh, sorry, that was bitchy. But this note uh, from Lady B on a topic uh, suitable for a Friday on the front porch begins with a cartoon. Uh, what did I miss? And uh, it deals with the concept of white privilege. Minorities, but especially liberal whites, love to throw around the term white privilege. I have. Which is funny because being white and speaking about other whites having privilege is a privilege in itself. Like the cartoon says, it's not that white people themselves didn't or still don't have tremendous obstacles to overcome. It's just that they don't also have the hurdle of being a minority while trying to overcome them. For example, you and I may find ourselves in a bad situation where angry people throw rocks at us. We'll both be called out for our, uh, by our names. Uh, me most likely the N-word, you most likely the derogatory name for a transgender person. Both our lives may even be in danger. Unfortunately, speaking of lives in danger, wait till I tell you about what's going on in Oklahoma, Stan. Unfortunately, you more so than me at this point, but that's what makes you unique. Before you were your true self, you would have never heard a derogatory name or even felt threatened. Actually, I used to get called tree hugger a lot. Uh, at least not on a day-to-day -day basis, and certainly not for just being white. Hell, you admitted to doing something as fairly innocuous as driving around with expired tags for a year. I'd never do that. But you were able to do so without a second thought because you've never had to live with the fear of being pulled over, harassed, possibly arrested, or even being killed, even if you didn't do anything. My point is, the privilege label was and is more than just about skin color and gender. It's also about the status you enjoy. You don't have to think about being white unless someone reminds you of it. With us blacks, it's literally the face we present to the public every day and for the rest of our lives. People will judge us even before we open our mouths. And it's because of that we'll always be treated differently. Let's use the term hillbilly, for example. A hillbilly is such by birth and circumstance. Should they be able to escape those circumstances, get an education and a good job, then they're seen as a white person who has made something of themselves. Oh, dear. I guess, in a sense, that could be seen as a cultural burden, but it's not the worst thing. No one will ever follow you around Trader Joe's, and you can always continue to be a hillbilly at heart. You can even make millions joking about it. Look at the comedians Jeff Foxworthy or Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, Larry the Cable Guy, hillbilly from, like, Nebraska or Florida or something. I get, I get, I get finicky about the word hillbilly. If you're not from the hills, you're not a hillbilly. Um, on the other hand, folks like me can move up the ranks, be at the, but at the end of the day, I'll be seen as a black person who made something of themselves. Even if I do very, very well for myself, such as Oprah Winfrey or, Winfrey or Barack Obama, then I will still be seen as the black woman who has done very, very well for herself. At Obama and Oprah's level, who cares? They both made history, but they will never truly be remembered without the, that qualifier. As an aside, that's what bothers Clarence Thomas the most. He wears that label with self-loathing instead of accepting the historical honor with pride. If I was him, I'd be wiping my tears away with hundred-dollar bills and enjoying every minute of my special privilege. And so it goes, darling. It's a privilege for white folks to say and recognize they have privilege. It's also a privilege to never have to use a disclaimer. Like it or not, you've joined the minority, Robin. I wish you well. 
Yeah, um, I have. Um, and I found out kind of pretty quickly that I had. It was in a previous life. It was never much of a challenge. There were never any challenges. I could go anywhere I wanted, do anything I wanted, walk down streets at night if I wanted. And, uh, frankly, I was big enough and uh, masculine enough that nobody ever squared up with me uh, wanting to fight me. That last part in particular is no longer the case. My mere existence can make some men want to do me violence just for being alive. Uh, and by the way, Brother Deacon Asa, who forgets nothing, says, uh, uh, psst, may I take a moment to push back a little bit? You were, in fact, call an, called an in-lover for having Obama lawn signs even before you were true self. Also, I'd argue that you were tr your true self even before the surgery. The surgery, from what I understand, didn't change who you are. No, it's it, it, not. No, it, I became my true self um, long about September 15th, 2020. That was the day that I took my first dose of estrogen. And then October 11th, I came out across the river at Maggie's on National Day of Coming Out. And from that day forward, I lived and dressed my authentic self. And then, well, the surgery. Uh, biggest thing the surgery did was take away gender dysphoria. And it's hard to explain gender dysphoria except to say that it's like having your own your own essential being screaming at you at the top of its lungs every day of your life 24 hours a day 7 days a week 52 weeks a year 365 days a year 10 years to the decade and it gets really really maddening and about 2 days after surgery when I looked up and went hey it's all quiet in here like yeah, it is. I ran him off. Well, thank you. That's what that was like. Uh, some people say it's like a stone in your shoe. In my case, because I actually have the condition, it's like tinnitus. Anybody who has tinnitus knows what it's like to just have this constant, like, 5 kilohertz tone ringing in your head. You hear it going to sleep. You hear it waking up. You hear it out throughout the day. If you're sitting in the perfect quiet of the forest... You're going to hear, and that's what gender dysphoria is like. And after a while, uh, it'll uh, it, it'll be, it'll begin to make you a little bit. But uh, point well taken, uh, brother Deacon. And so uh, anyway, like I said earlier, uh, thank you, uh, thanks to. Uh, Thanks to Ralphs and thanks to Matt, we're down to $478 to go to finish the month, or, or finish the week, rather, the first week of January. As to term limits, uh, Stephen New York points to the Constitution, Article 1, Section 2, the House of Representatives shall be composed of members chosen every second year by the people of the several states 
and the electors in each state shall have the qualifications requisite for electors of the most numerous branch of the state legislature. So it says they'll be... So, it, is that the be-all and end-all of the uh, of the nature of the inquiry, though, Steve? We had to amend the Constitution in order to change how senators are elected. We had to amend the Constitution to limit the presidency to two terms. Um, I'm curious. Because, of course, they're not, you know, these people who want these term limits, naturally they don't want them for them. They, these vandals want term limits because term limits are anti-democratic and Republicans, by and large, are anti-democratic. And there's nothing more anti-democratic than taking away the right of someone to vote for someone they want in office. To make it illegal for that person to be a member of the, of the Congress. And what it does is it guts the institutional wisdom of the body. Let's say you've got a really highly effective member of Congress who might be, well, she might be in her 80s. But you pass term limits and she's just done at the end of the next term because... Some Republican decided that they were sick and tired of seeing her voice or seeing her face and hearing her voice. Uh, So, uh, I don't know. I find it. I find it troubling because, again, they're not doing it. Well, they might be doing it to get rid of, uh, well, for for the sake of never kevers. Uh, that's certainly worth discussing when we come around to the uh, uh, to join together in the old holler tree. Um, Let's see. Um, uh, uh, Randy Radar, I will pass that along to Tracy. Thank you. Santos swearing in, Lee in New York. Um, what does that mean to to him? Trump already showed that an oath taken by an oaf means nothing. Besides, the Speaker of the House already swore Santos in. Huh? No, none of them have been sworn in. Unless I missed something between like 4 o'clock and now. We're still going to have to have another speaker vote. There is still no House of Representatives. The House of Representatives still has no members. Maybe George is saying that... Never mind. And just because it's Friday on the front porch and... Well, we've been talking about the Congressional Circus... Um, all week long and I confess I'm a little wearied of it but I gotta admit I found it comically delicious 
when I saw the clip earlier today of Matt, it just gets worse appearing on uh, Frau Ingram's program. Yeah. Uh, he said, "I hate it when you I hate it when you tease me with the potential of a good time." Matt, it just gets worse. The guy who sent money over Venmo to pay an underage girl for sex. Uh, he announced to Frau Engram that uh, he would resign from Congress. By God. Matt Gates, the human forehead. That's all he is, is a forehead. Uh, ah, okay. Billable Rick clearing things up. George Santos. You missed the point of uh, Lee's email. In the world of George Santos, he was sworn in by the speaker, and two, there's a speaker. Oh, that, that subtle humor will, will run past me every time after all I'm girl. Thank you, Billable. Um, but, um, no, uh, Matt Gates said he would resign from Congress if Democratic Party members changed tack and elected a moderate Republican for Speaker. Wouldn't they have to find a moderate Republican first? See, the devil's always in the details. He went on to say that he was certain that um, Democrats in the House wouldn't break ranks and vote for, you know, a unicorn, a non-existent creature, a moderate Republican. Let's be clear, there are no moderate Republicans. Just like there are no liberal Republicans. I don't know that there are any centrist Republicans. But, uh, of course, Frau Ingram, whose entire franchise is uh, predicated upon scaring the living bejesus out of Emory and Marveline sitting in their matching Barca loungers down, down in their single wide in the ballerina Swan Lake Country Club and Trailer Court. Asked, asked him, uh, well, what, what, if, what if Democratic reps break the ra break ranks? I mean, there may be a scenario where the Democratic Party could help elect Kevers or some other Republican, so that both parties share power on the committees. And that's 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 where that's when he said. Well, able to get are you are you going to be okay, Congressman? Will, will you be okay then if there's ultimately a deal struck? Moderate Democrats that give Democrats kind of co-control of the committees, you're fine with that? No, absolutely not. That that will not happen. There are two potential well, scenarios happen. here. No, that, listen, I'm on the floor, Laura. These 212 Democrats are going to vote for Hakeem Jeffries every single time. He is a historic candidate for them. They are not going to cleave off under any circumstance. I assure you that if Democrats join up to elect a moderate Republican, I will resign from the House of Representatives. That is how certain I am. I can okay. assure your viewers that won't happen. Are you, so are there you are two 
Frau Ingram's kind of stupid, isn't she? Then again, it doesn't take a lot of intellect to uh, be a talking head over at Fox News TV Radio Rwanda. On the other hand, speaking of uh, uh, speaking of Frau Ingram, this was a uh, this was a fun moment. Um, Oh, darn it. It's always so... Uh, a bit of an update, and I've got a note here to share with you uh, from our pal Joy. Frau Ingram, uh, a couple of days ago, decided to tackle the issue... Of, of the, 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 the heart attack, the injury to DeMar Hamlin. And she had a guy on who uh, wanted to talk about violence. Hold on, what's going on here? Stand by. Um, Brother Deacon, did you hold on? Got a wiring issue. Brother Deacon, did you mean to ring in? Oh, Brother Deacon, Brother Deacon Asa. That's what I thought. I thought that may have been a an accidental button push. Um, yeah, well. Um, ah, butt dial. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, no worries. So anyway, uh, back back to Frau Ingram. Anyway, she invited a guest on to talk about injuries and how dangerous football is. And you know, she can't she cannot she cannot be challenged. Thou shalt not challenge Frau Ingram. She brought on an activist and author by the name of Steve Almond. He was the author of a book called Against Football, One Fan's Reluctant Manifesto. And in the book, he talks about why he no longer watches football. Uh, he notes the violence, the racism, and the growing evidence of brain injuries that affect players. And so somebody who is probably no longer working for Fox booked... Um, Uh, Steve Almond. It did not go well for Frau Ingram. 
They have enormous amount no, the of, fans of influence. Are the ones what who, happened during well, George the, Floyd? They had enormous amount of influence on corporate America, the actions of corporate America, the actions of the NFL. I mean, they changed the whole corporate approach to race and equity and, and all the things that happened two and a half years ago. So you say the players don't have all that much influence. I would say the players have an enormous amount of influence, maybe not as much as they want, but there's, there's huge economic uh, yeah. upside for everyone here, correct? Well, I know you're focused on the players. I'm focused on the fans. And what I essentially believe is not that any government ban is going to make football safer and certainly not some mythic woke mob that you mentioned to try to scare your viewers. I think it's going to happen. Oh, I'm not trying to scare the viewers. Football is not about politics. It's not about politics. Oh, you're I think making that's your it about politics. Your entire economic model. What? Your entire economic model is to what scare other your sport viewers. Should, That's what your other whole sport? gig. I mean, Steve, you and really want way you really want you football your to be behavior. banned. Yeah, you want football to be no, banned. No, I, I don't. Mean, you, this you is what you this do. Game. Oh, come on. You you what you you want football essentially changed. Lord, she couldn't stand it, could she? That's your economic model. That's to scare your viewers. That's your whole gig. And, of course, he's right. He's absolutely right. She's sitting there in New York, and her only purpose on Earth is to keep Emery and Marveline scared half out of their wits that the Negroes are coming after us, or the Mexicans, or the transgenders. Or the queers. I mean, the trans and the queers, we kind of run, we try kind of run together in the same gang. But, but you get the idea. That's that's all Fox is. It, it's it's not you know it's not just Frau Ingram. It's the entirety of the freaking network. Uh, it, it, and it, it didn't go over too well with her when some truth-telling went down. Uh, uh, back to uh, Matt, it just gets worse. Uh, good Matt in San Francisco. Matt, by the way, if you wouldn't mind, I keep reading these stories about the hellacious uh, weather striking the Bay Area and the winds. Could you give us a, just a little bit of an update? I mean, I, I see this kind of stuff and I worry. Uh, Matt's resignation, Matt points out, always threatening us with a good time. Yeah. The fact that he proved to be right about it is that you know, he could have equally said, you know, if the Democrats cross the aisle, I'll eat my hat. And, you know, when he did say, well, you know, this is a historic nomination for them. <sighs> I'm surprised he didn't use the word urban to describe Hakeem Jeffries. Uh, oh, please thank Billable, says Lee in New York. Uh, he got my joke. I was hoping the Santos lies would have made the joke clearer. Well, I'm sorry. I'm just a little slow on the uptake, but Billable appreciated you, and I do too, Lee. Uh, Christopher in Oregon. There's no, th no such thing as Santos. Ha. I remember as a kid leaving out milk and cookies, trying to stay awake to sneak a peek in the morning rushing downstairs to find my presence from... Oh, wait, that's Santa? No wonder I got them confused. They're both li just a lifetime worth of make-believe bullshit. Off to the casino with Dad. Have a great front porch. 
Oh, I hope you break the house. Absolutely, Christopher. You got you. You guys have a have a great uh, great evening. Uh, you and your dad. What? A, that'd be fun. Father son trip to the casino. Yeah. Um, oh, and speaking of Matt, it just gets worse. It should be noted uh, that uh, earlier today, when Gates was giving his uh, his uh, uh, what they make him with uh, in the name of uh, Jim Jacket Off Jordan. Well, it turned. Uh, some members of the House of Representatives just got up and walked the hell out on him. One of them declaring, "I'm in Speaker's lobby," and some members are cursing out Gates as they leave the floor. That was Robert Costa reporting. Well, I'm not listening to this shit. One House Republican says, others fuming and going outside to the balcony to cool off. And but you know that's the night that's the thing though he knows why is this thing rocking the way it is oh oh well I fear I'm sliding away um, there's there's no there's, it's a it's a win-win situation for Matt Gates when McCarthy is finally speaker he can say well uh, he can go back to the uh, the rubes in Pensacola and say well I fought the good fighter. Tried my very best to 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 have a real patriotic American Speaker of the House, but you know the the swamp got me, and and the deep state. Because you got to and, and this is one of the things that disturbs me. Okay, his district encompasses the Pensacola Naval Air Station. Highway to the danger zone and all of that shit. You know, lots and lots and lots of Navy there. And he manages to keep getting reelected. What do all those people think he's doing for them? Yeah, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or more. People walking out on Matt at Just Gates Worse. Makes me worried a little bit about the United States Navy, though, that the home of Pennsylvania, uh, Pensacola Naval Air Station would elect that skeevy freak. Oh, well. Uh, but that's you know that's not all we got we got uh, lots of stuff. Um, oh, Billable Rick says Chris's casino trip. Please tell Christopher that George Santos visited that same casino last week and that he indeed broke the house. Santos also received a unicorn as part of his winnings. I can tell what kind of an evening this is going to be. And frankly, I'm kind of happy about it. Uh, Uh, Randy Radar says, I had an ISP repairman out here who said that he used to be consumed by football and gave it all up and found that he had all sorts of spare time now 
to play with his children. That's a lovely idea. Um, oh, and I had a note because uh, oh, Steve from Georgistan said, Kevers will be the speaker by the end of the day. Currently, the thugs are probably getting Matt the forehead drunk. <laughs> Matt the forehead drunk. <laughs> Wonder on what, Steve? They'll proceed to buy him some blow and a hooker or two. Well, maybe they'll, hey, maybe they'll just holler for uh, uh, representing Anna having Nagila to... Never mind. Um, by 10 p.m., he and his ilk vote anyway. They uh, will want him to, yeah. Matt. Gatesy, Gatesy, look who's here. It's Anna having a gila. You like some witchy, sexy time, don't you, Maddie? Huh? Huh? Sure. Maybe have I put a spell on you playing in the background. Oh, that could be a lot. That, yeah, that could be fun. Um, but there's there's more than just Washington news, yes. Um... From the Department of, gosh, I hope it doesn't hurt too little. Well, let, no, no. Uh, Sherman set the Wayback Machine for Maddie Cawthorn. Remember Madison Maddie Cawthorn, the uh, advocate for masculinity. Remember him. And remember how he 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 said on that one podcast that he had been to parties where he was invited to participate and naked orgies and do a bunch of blow and we all kind of wondered who that might be remember that you remember Maddie he had the picture on the they, they took of him on the cruise ship with a pretty little pretty pretty little black lace bra still can't find where that came from uh, never mind I'll just wait uh, no uh, well one of the movers and shakers inside Republican politics is, of course, uh, Matt Schlapp. Schlappy. And we wonder why I changed Fappy Thomas to Fappy Thomas from Slappy Thomas. Well, it's because we've got Matt Schlapp. Schlappy Matt. One of the most powerful of the Republican operatives out there, big time, uh, you know, big time maggot. Uh, he's married to uh, Mercedes Schlapp, and he chairs something called the American Conservative Union. They put on CPAC every year, and now, uh, according to a former staffer for the Hershey Walker uh, Walker Texas Strangler campaign well uh, a few weeks before the uh, senatorial election in Georgia Matt Schlapp and, and some of the Hershey Walker staffers well they they, they went out to several Atlanta bars a few weeks before the election. Mister, we were just going to a bar. I, 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 know, I know the names of several Atlanta bars. Let's see, there's the Cheetah Three and the 
Gold Club. Yeah. Those would be bars that have naked ladies in them. And, uh, well, one of the Hershey Walker staffers said that it was he was tasked with driving Matt Schlapp home. And on the way back to the hotel, Matt Schlapp, definitely, definitely heterosexual, conservative man of conservatism, well, Matt Schlapp groped and fondled his crotch. And then when they got to the hotel, Schlapp said, Hi, do you want to come up to my room? And I can, I can get a drink. And, 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 and we can talk about conservative family values. Well, the young man said it was scarring and humiliating for him. And then he recorded a bunch of videos where he actually documented how he felt about it. And he told two friends at the same time uh, what had happened. And then he told the uh, Daily Beast. He said he felt nothing but support from the Hershey Walker campaign who actually put him in touch with some lawyers. Somebody from the former Walker campaign said, uh, yeah, that's what he told us. And then uh, the staffer also provided some text messages and call logs. Um... The call logs were to Schlapp and Schlapp to him. And he said that uh, what you did last night made me feel uncomfortable. And Schlapp didn't ask him what made him uncomfortable, but said, well, why don't you give me a call? Meanwhile, Matt Schlapp, of course, has a standing uh, pettifogger who said, uh, oh, this is just an attack. Mr. Schlapp denies any improper behavior. Mm -hmm. Wow. Remember, Matt Schlapp was critical to the defense of uh, Brat Kavanaugh, who was famous for his predilection for boofing back in his wild and zany teenage years. Uh, Schlapp also attacked President Biden, saying, With five daughters, I'd prefer Biden to be several doors down, not next door. Because he's a creep. Yeah, I wouldn't worry. Matt Schlapp has five daughters. Not worried about them. Glad he doesn't have any little boys. Gross. Uh, by the way, Schlapp also uh, uh, 
you know, you know the drill. But yeah, he's a he's a skeeve and a sleaze, and he'll probably get away with it because there will be no criminal charges filed. Of course not. There will just be a nice little, maybe not so little, check written. Maybe for tuition assistance. Along with a non-disclosure note and a a, uh, save and hold harmless clause. Right? Sounds lovely. So here we are at the top of the hour. I was a few minutes late, but uh, that's that's it for the Philip Robster. Um, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, connect to the uh, old holler tree and see how that how that plays out. What's going on in the uh, conversation this evening? It won't take but a sec. And hopefully, I've got enough charge on the iPad. Hey, Sparky, how are you this evening? Hang on one minute. Okay, you're good. You're good. here all along. Okay. I'm just waiting for another rain event. Have you been getting hammered? Uh, Once in a while, but it's rained every day for some part of the day since Christmas. This atmospheric river thing is for real. Well, you needed it, right? Yeah, but I got. But you don't need it all at once. No, we don't need it all at once. But I got two giant trucks as yard ornaments that have been parked there since before Christmas. Can't drill in the rain? Well, they haven't showed up. So when they show up, they'll show up. At least I know sooner or later I'm going to get a well. Well, you've got their truck, unless they come in and sneak off in the night. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. Because they've had a hard enough time getting them in there. I don't think they want to take them out at night. I had to uh, take out a rose bush and a little tree. Oh, what kind of tree? An or- ornamental cherry is what my mom said it was. Oh, so it had been there for a while. 
Oh yeah. See where the, the rose bush and the tree were planted used to be an above ground pool, and there's an outline in concrete of where that pool was. And so inside of that outline is what we call the memorial garden. And there's a memorial in there to my mom and dad. Oh, that's nice. Plus, some of their ashes are buried in there. So, anything? I mean, just sitting around waiting for the drilling uh, drilling crew to show up. Is that? Has that been yeah, pretty much? Just, and I guess it's so cloudy you can't see Lassen or anything, can you? But I presume from all of this rain, you're going to have a great snowpack on Shasta and Lassen, right? Oh, excellent. All of the Sierras. This is like a, a once in every 10-year event or so. So is this is this an El Nino? I mean, or is this part of an El Nino phenomenon or what? It seems like it, it's like, just like the one in 97. Because this was, we, we've just been soaked all year, and this was, a, this was a La Nina year for us on this side. Bastards. <laughs> you want me to fill out a survey, send me an envelope. Well I just had no to phone number. I just had to recombine I just had to recombobulate the bucket and about busted my little ass. Why are you sitting on a bucket? Because the old old broadcast chair broke. Oh, you know, typical computer desk chair, leather. Most of the leather was gone. You know, it, three three hundred and sixty degree rotation, and uh, ra you know, ra raise and lowering. Yeah, I just fixed one of my chairs. The new cylinder. Now this one just uh, Ferg was back here working, and it just sheared completely away, and he wound up, you know, on his side in the floor. I could send you one of my old office chairs that I have kicking around here. 
Well, I found I found a pretty good deal on one at Amazon, and you know I might have been able to. I, I could theoretically just go go and buy some piece of crap at Walmart or, or Staples, but I can't get the damn thing in my car. Yeah, I've had mine delivered up this. The one I'm sitting in now, I got from Amazon. It's an extra wide. I paid like $270 for it. Well, I found this one, and it'll it'll do fine. It's like, it's what they call a gaming chair, but it's 170 bucks, and it looks comfortable. So if we can if we can finish out fundraising, maybe I can order that this maybe I can order that this evening and not broadcast from atop a bucket because I got to tell you this is not fun. I haven't been this uncomfortable broadcasting since like two weeks after surgery. What? Because I've got one. No, it's not fun. No. Because I've set. Homer bucket before. You know what a Homer bucket is, don't you? Yeah. From Home Depot. Right. Well, um, Annette actually went and found one of my one of my donuts from back right when I was, you know, recently post-op, and that at least helps a little bit. One of them inflatable ones? No, this is just this is memory foam. So it'll take a, it'll take a pretty good beating. Oh, and uh, I had a note from Randy Radar about uh, or- ornamental cherry tree. Or- the ornamental cherry tree sap at- attracts hordes of ants, but now it won't, will it? Because it's not there. your memorial garden. Billable says, uh, Sparky showed me his folks' memorial garden. I hope that the removal of the tree and rosebush didn't alter the garden too much. Well, that's mighty kind of you, Billable. You're a good guy. No, but the the truck uh, destroyed part of the concrete ring, broke it, and drove over. Ah. Oh, and Good. Oh, and going back to uh, the Matt Schlapp story, Christopher asked, um, got the Schlapp? Is there a vaccine available for the Schlapp, or do I need to get an ointment down at the local pharmacy? Uh, no, about a million a million units of penicillin usually clears up a pretty good, pretty bad case of the Schlapp. Got the Schlapp. Maybe he should get, uh, get together and hang out with uh, Chip Roy from... Uh, Gonorrhea Gulch down in Texas. Billable Rick said, "Matt Schlapp, when you're when you're with Matt Schlapp, is it a trick? Is it a trick to avoid getting schlappy on you?" Oh yeah, yeah. Hey. Okay. 
he talks about gonorrhea or the clap anymore. Well, but it's still out there, and, you know, I, it's, it's STDs. Well, now they're called STIs. Uh, we went from calling them diseases to infections. Sexually transmitted oh. infection. I'll have to ask my opinion about that. Back when I was in the service, the list of people got the clap, and officers got nonspecific urethritis. Non-gonococcal non -gonococcal urethritis. I got it once in Okinawa. Um, my one of my roommates in college got it. I I had the vehicle, so I took him. I took him to student health, and he came back and said that really hurt. And so in the fraternity house, wherever he went, we all you know clap. So, uh, Roger, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm doing fine, just sitting around. It's rainy and cold. Anyhow, it's just the, the, the drab days of winter. Aren't they, you know, yeah, and, and you know what? You're, the Great Northwest is a tropical rainforest. So is where I live. And drab is exactly the word. Gray, blech. Just kind of. That's what makes it so green in the summer, in the spring and summer. So. Well, April showers know, bring May flowers. Bad. Yeah. Anyhow, getting on this uh, nomination speeches I've been listening to for the last three days. One, one of the ones today. Uh, approached it but didn't get there I want to know why the nomination speeches that they say about how the Democrats can do the job and Republicans can't even find a speaker and therefore I nominate Hakeem Jeffries again 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 on this day in particular why didn't they point out that there were 134 members of that dastardly party on the other side of the aisle that voted to destroy our democracy two years ago, or however many of them are still left there, and that any vote for any candidate from that stupid party that has attempted to destroy our government, why should this body even think about nominating somebody from that party of that class that voted to destroy our democracy? I would have liked a little bit more fire and brimstone, too. But apparently they got howlingly mad at the uh, January 6th commemoration that was led by Hakeem Jeffries earlier this morning. Oh, they were pissed. Well, they should get pissed. They should, they should, get, they should get tossed out get on the street. Pissed. Get pissed and let the decent people in their districts, because there are still a few of them there, see what corrupt assholes they really are. The next one I'm waiting for is uh, when Nancy Pelosi sent over 450 bills to the Senate 
when the Senate was under Mitch McConnell's dictatorial rule, they just died. And the Republicans said, well, that's the way democracy works. Oh, tough shit. Fuck you. I just hope that Chuck Schumer does the exact same thing. And when the Republicans start screaming bloody murder, that the Senate won't even take up any of their bills, Chuck Schumer just looks back at him and says, hey, if you sent me something decent, I'd bring it to the floor. But what you're sending me is absolute garbage and is destroying this country, and I won't even bring it up. Fuck you. Does Schumer have the balls to do that? Um, no. No, no. I don't think so. And I think they're 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 making a value judgment between between uh, how much value there is in raising a stink that can't come to anything versus using their power further into the Congress. I tell you what, if you want to see speaking of treason, you want to see a hilarious photo. There is a picture of Matt It Just Gates Worse leaning over and white-splaining at Ilhan Omar. And the look on her face is for the ages. Well, Ilmar Omar's not going to take any shit from Matt Gates. Uh, one person looking at the photo on Twitter said, A picture's worth a thousand words. She looks like she just smelled a fart. Let's see if I can find it here. Take, you, take, you take your little victories where you get them. Uh, oh, I, just saw, I just saw Steve enter the... Steve! Over, it must not take very much because he's a pretty short guy in, in stature anyway. Steve's not in the room. Yeah. Oh, it looked, now he is. looked like he was. There you are, Steve. Happy New Year. He he's now. Let me get my headset dirty. I sound like I'm in a cave now. Oh, you're okay. Yeah, it's, it's, I'll be back in five minutes. Okay, that's fine. Somebody says I'm in the uh, I'm in the room. You're a guest. I'm in the room, or am I? Who be that? Oh my goodness, it's Parson Brown. Unmute your mic, Parson. What so, am I in here now? You you you've been in here for a while. Hey, Parson. Oh. Well, hey, Robin. Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year. I'm doing the best I can. I guess we all are, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, just... I don't even know. I I just... I, I, <laughs> I needed a little bit of uh, political therapy because of all this craziness. Well, you've come to the right place, I think. I know, I know. I know. I just 
the first place I thought of coming. Just like, oh my. I'm fresh out of the Mexican. I'm fresh out of the Mexican gasoline and the swirly straws. But apart from that, uh, we've been we've been deconstru- deconstructing this horse shit for a solid week now. What are we on? Thirteen, right? Or uh, tonight or after ten will apparently be the fourteenth ballot. Jesus. If they if. If they think they've got a vote, if they think they've got it, it's at the point where, like, I am, like, you know, I've, you know, that I follow politics quite regularly, and I'm literally like, okay, so what are we at now? Okay, how many times have they fucked this up so far? Yeah, yeah, this is this is a bunch to trust with the government. (laughs) Ah, it's crazy. So did you have a big New Year's Eve shindig out uh, out out the uh, Hollywood way? I did. I actually Beverly Hills, uh, swimming I, pools, <laughs> movie stars. Um, actually, uh, yeah, <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> I am Hollywood's designated hillbilly. At this point, Hollywood needs hillbillies. Well, I'm there to make a scene and get loud and, uh, you know, speak my mind in all of the fanciest of places that I'm less and less getting invited to. It's it's a toss up, you know, it's like it's all about networking out here. But once they find out that I'm just a very opinionated hillbilly, that's when you realize what doors are open and what doors are not. How are you? I, you know, I'm not freezing as compared to that. That, that well, we've got a bomb, a bomb cyclone. I don't know if you've heard. Yes, I, I have. In fact, Sparky was talking about that a little bit ago. He said it, there's an, it hasn't not rained for a single day where he is in Northern California since Christmas Day. To be fair, we're spoiled here. Well, I'm in SoCal, so, like, we're spoiled by the weather. It's generally very nice, and but, like, it is definitely a constant rain, um, and the Santa Ana winds have never been more of a piece of shit. (laughs) Uh, but, like, we're okay. But I think, like, you know, I... I love my home of Appalachia, where we have all the four seasons. That we do. So right now, we're in the we're right now we're in the least pleasant one. I know, and, and I have, I acknowledge that I have successfully avoided that for the majority. You know, d- December, January, February in LA is rain. So I can't. I really can't complain too much, but I know that they're getting hammered up north. So oh yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen stories about uh, about torrential rains and howling winds and stuff like that in the Bay Area. Yeah. Well, we had it on like, Saturday. We had we had those up here too. Saturday we had it here in Placerville. Oh wow! Oh, wow. That's kind of inland, isn't it, Squeaky? The, yeah, the big redwood gave up a limb from the one storm. Oh, they're, oh wow. they're in your backyard, Sparky. Yeah. Didn't do any damage to the to the mansion, did it? Hope not. No, it's far enough to 
away from the house, it wouldn't hit the house. It might hit the man cave. You had a, a redwood fall on your man cave? No, he's got a humongous redwood in his backyard, and it uh, it got a, a, a limb blown off. And it didn't hit the man cave, but it's close enough. They, to... don't, they don't call them trees widow makers for nothing. Oh, no, definitely not. I've got two of them, they're side by side. Not between the two of them, or somebody told me the other day where they don't get enough light that weakens the limbs or something. Because that's where all the limbs fall down from between the two trees. Well, Parson, you, you remember you remember my son, Ferg, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, there's a picture of him from several years ago uh, hugging Sparky's Redwood. Because he too is a tree hugger. Oh, love it. That's great. So, you know, you work in the entertainment industry, uh, Parson. Uh, I do. What what have what have you been into of late? Um, <laughs> I've been working on just some little bits of uh, reality shows. Can't really go into too much. No, there's probably non-disclosure agreements involved. Uh, Yeah, I'm great at riding the line of NDAs. Um, Yeah, I worked on a couple reality shows. I'm actually um, looking at you know, pivoting more into doing more voice work. Uh, I work a little bit for um, for a national radio syndicate and I'm, I might transition a little bit more into that. Uh, yeah, I've heard some of those. <laughs> <laughs> without without getting myself in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, um, what I've really been focusing on the last, like, because I'm in between gigs right now, like through the holidays, and right now just focusing on this you know, Capitol Hill debacle. It reminds me of when we used to do uh, weeks in Washington and lobby and you and I met, you know, like being on Capitol Hill. Yeah, which happens to be like over a decade ago now, which blows my mind. I know, right? Um, And I just like, you know, I'm advancing my own career to the best of my ability, but I, I am always thinking about like, damn, like part of me just wants to get back on the hill. And you know, rally the old troops and and new troops. You know, and well, you know, um, Annette. The trainings that we used to do. Oh yeah, Annette was listening last night, and she heard me say that uh, uh, 2023 marks our 11th year working on the ACE Act. And she looked at me this yes. morning and said, "My God, is it really 11 years?" And I went, "It really is 11 years." And that wasn't even the first piece of legislation that are you know oh no 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 there was the uh, Appalachian Restoration Act and the uh, the Clean Water Protection Act yep yeah no we've been uh, you know fighting this fight for a long time yeah since like what 2000 2008 maybe yes ma'am yeah that's uh about right. 2007, 2008, I think is when. Because I, I think we were uh, we went to power shift in 2009. 
There was one in 2009, and then there was one in 2011. I wasn't at 2009. I was at the 2011 one. But I, okay, maybe it was the 11 one. Yeah. Because we were we were we well, were pushing the green jobs now in Appalachia thing, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, man, you know, it's like that feeling that like. Inspiration that I felt from, you know, from at that time, like my elders, you know, there's nothing like that. Like I just, I don't yeah, feel like we. Yeah, because yeah, you were you were now. just a, you were just a fresh-faced young kid back then, weren't you, Parson? At one point, I was. <laughs> no, because when I when I first met you, you were still you were still in film school. Yeah, I was in college. I was just a kid, and I brought a whole bunch of my uh, kid colleagues with me. Hey, hey, y'all, let's go save the planet. I know. We were we were definitely like the planeteers. Nothing wrong um, with that. I'm hoping, no. you know, I, I haven't been back to D.C. since COVID descended on us, and I want to get back in there. And if there's, um, if, if there's one thing... Well, I to, think that's... If there's one thing to be said for uh, apparently the uh, the maggot the, the the maggot majority does not give a good goddamn about COVID or people carrying guns onto the floor of the house for that matter, and I fully expect to see Lauren Bobblehead Boobert and Marginal Trailer Queen uh, absolutely uh, uh, packing heat. In fact, uh, a California member of the House. Eric Swalwell uh, said uh, a lot of my Republican colleagues glorify violence and proudly display the firearms they have in their offices so it just makes me nervous that we could have a workplace violent event they're not the most stable people and he's not wrong Parson no and you and I have discussed this and I've I've talked about this um, you know across the board since um, the uh, since January sixth last year, where we, you know, I was explaining to my friends, like, oh, I was watching this unfold in real time. Like, oh, well, I've marched on these same places. Like, oh, wow, they're like climbing up on. Okay, you're not actually allowed to. That, okay, you're really not supposed to be on that part of the Capitol. Okay, what are they doing? Okay, guys, this is not how a protest go- and like I'm like literally like live, you know, like just like play by play with my with my housemates at the time, just like, okay, this is not democracy. What's happening is yeah. not right. Yeah, I've been. There. Oh, look, I've been there. Oh, I didn't do that. Right, like, and we've done like you and I like together have been participated in some, you know, very like strongly worded like what we considered to, at that time like to be like very powerful movements and rallies and we've surrounded buildings we've had you know like act like supported activists that have been arrested and yeah. like on sit-ins die-ins etc but always like non-violent and i was just like okay that is not and in fact you know you know the idiot ashley babbitt who got herself killed two years ago today you've heard of her right 
Yeah, former yeah former Air, I mean, Air Force veteran. Well, uh, turns out that her stupid mother got herself arrested today because she went to a, 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 a January 6th protest of her own. Uh, Mickey Whitheft, Ashley Babbitt's 50-year-old mother, was in was uh, was with a bunch of other demonstrators who illegally blocked traffic on Independence Avenue outside the Capitol. Uh, Capitol Police said a woman in the group was given multiple warnings to get out of the road. Instead of getting out of the road, the woman refused to leave, turned around with her hands behind her back, and asked to be arrested. And she wow. was uh, she was. Uh, uh, carrying some stupid sign about Ashley Babbitt was murdered or something, which was not true. Ashley Babbitt was just another terrorist attacking the Capitol on January the 6th. I mean, I hate to call people stupid, but it just, there's no logic to, to any of that. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just, the way in which we were trained to be, um, and, and I've been documenting this process for years, how to be, how to manage civil disobedience. Well, yeah, we, 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 we were put through training. And non-aggressive. It was against every single thing that, that we've been trained for that, that I continued to train others to do. Um, which is why, so my ultimate point is, yeah, I think we all, and I've, I've wanted to call you personally as well, but like, and we've discussed this over time, like, where do we go next when it, like, how do we lobby um, moving forward after the January 6th insurrection? How do we rally without being perceived as a threat, you know, like, democracy has is being viewed through you know there's an an evolution of the lens now because we're we, we've experienced this atrocity this defamation of our capital i can as as riled up as our hillbillies you know our appalachia rising like you know like the million hillbilly march which was about <laughs> the million hillbilly march yeah yeah, um, which was fantastic and one of the greatest days. Dude, it it was it was it was history making, and in fact, it established a template for other non-environmental protests that would come that would come along later. Um, yes, very well organized, very well structured, and and um, the, and, and, and it was un, it was unique in so far as it was people, it was mostly liberal and progressive people. Appalachia Rising was. Who went and protested at the White House when under the under the presidency of a Democrat? Because Barack Obama was doing absolutely less than zero to address the Appalachian apocalypse. Yes. And I so a couple of years later, picking up on 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 the notion that we built, uh, there was an anti-war protest um, in front of the White House, just like Appalachia Rising. And that was the one where Tara Devlin and I, and some night, someday I have to introduce you to Tara. She's wonderful. Uh, but Tara Devlin and I were 
we're, we're, we're driving. We drove the getaway car when we uh, went to spring Mike Malloy uh, out of the joint after he got arrested uh, at that anti-war protest. Yeah, well, I, I think it goes to, like, my work in the last over a decade has been, you know, documenting and learning and sharing knowledge from one of the most fascinating and compelling parts of activism to me has always been how well organized, how dignant, and how structured demonstrations and actions can be managed. You know, uh, maybe that's like partly because like I come from like you know film production where you know everyone like you know everything is very well assigned and 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 choreographed yeah and and i appreciated that so much about the um not just the alliance for appalachia but like all of the like contingents that you know like came together for for appalachia rising and and like i and also in chicago the um you know there's Chicago Clean Power Coalition. Right. Little Village. Little Village. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I guess it's the point is, like, I was literally watching this unfold live last year with friends. Year before last, but yeah. Year before last. Excuse me. Thank you so much. Two-year anniversary, my, pardon me. Um, but I was like, this is not what you do. This is not how you protest. But it is what you do if you want to mount a terrorist attack on the capital of the United States, and I think that's the the, the, the point, Parson. This was not a protest. This was a terrorist attack on the capital. As angry as we were about mountaintop removal and uh, being the exploitation of Appalachian people, we surrounded buildings. We made our voices heard, but we did not, did not break their we did not commit treason no no you know it's like it 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 makes me wonder how demonstrating is going to be in the future how are we to because i expect for security to be more vigilant but there still needs to be room in a democracy for that anger and expression but not every entity is there to bash the windows in and go into attack mode um i mean that was a disgrace so as an act and treason and treason and treason yes so but like as somebody who coordinates and wants to to move things forward like i can't help but wonder like what are other people's opinions on us? how do we how do we even take on a uh, a rally or a lobby week um, you know with the same well and that's what I was getting at earlier I, I haven't I haven't been to DC to work on the ache act since uh, well since the pandemic came down we were planning to go and work in 2020 and then it, and in fact we were supposed to go in March and it's like no, no, no. I don't think we better. Things are not looking safe. This looks, you know, we could we could get all dead doing that. 
and it's been impossible right. to go and do lobby work, citizen lobby work, ever since because, uh, in large part, nobody's uh, the offices have been largely empty, and when they're not empty, you can't get in without a specific invitation. So it's been it's been frustrating, and I'm I'm really eager exactly. to get I'm really eager to get back to it. Me too, and I think that most people don't, you know, really understand that it's changed the, you know, September 6th and the things leading up to it and, and the pandemic, you're right, all combined have actually truly changed the way that democracy has worked in this country because you and I know very well that it for, for so long this like what we were able to do at least was walk through you know general security and go walk into any office that we you know like whether we had an appointment or not you know like we were able to access our representatives now that you know this is added um you know a, le a level of caution which i understand but it also makes accessibility, um, yeah, you know, like we, we have less access, accessibility to our representatives. Yes, you're absolutely right. Well, uh, Parson, it's great talking with you. Chime in, uh, chime in as you need through the course of the evening. I want to go around and uh, talk to some, uh, get some other folks into the conversation. And thank you very kindly to Kevin and Tracy up in Massachusetts. You've gotten us down to. Four hundred and twenty-eight dollars to finish the week in fundraising, and you know I don't know. We'll uh, maybe we'll call it the help Robin kick the bucket. Uh, uh, not challenge. There's no challenge money out there, but the uh, uh, help help Robin kick the bucket at the end of the week, uh, so that I can get off this, this incredibly uncomfortable uh, Lowe's bucket making. Uh, well. Sitting in for the uh, fabulous Horn Excellence in Broadcasting chair that went to its long home a couple of days ago. Well, yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, thank you to Darlene in Connecticut for sending this along. This is hilarious. Uh, a uh, guy named Lucas Kuntz, K-U-N-C-E, maybe Kuntz. Uh, he's a uh, Marine vet, and he's decided that he's going to uh, run for Senate in Missouri in 2024 and challenge Josh Hall and Ass. And he's introduced his first ad. This is delightful. Lexington, Missouri. My name is Lucas Kuntz. I've done a lot of running in my life. Running to stay healthy, running to fight for my country, running to defend democracy. Meanwhile, the video uh, over which Lucas Kuntz is narrating shows a guy on like an old gravel road somewhere in Missouri, and he's wearing a blue suit and a necktie and looks vaguely like the senior senator from Missouri. And there's a moment as he's running when his American flag pin falls off his lapel and lands in the dirt. And by the way, 
that guy you're looking at? That's not me. That's our current U.S. Senator Josh Hawley. This guy. Or maybe you'd better recognize him running for his life a few hours later. I swear, this coward's always running from something. And now, this is the guy who's writing a book telling every single one of us how to be a man. Now this is me, Lucas Coons, running for Senate. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth, but I did have the support of my community, which made me who I am today. When things get tough, Missourians deserve a U.S. Senator who will stand up for them, not run away. That's why I'm running to replace Josh Hawley, because we couldn't be more different. When his banker daddy sent Joshua to a fancy prep school miles from his hometown, my family in Jeff City was relying on our neighbors to survive bankruptcy and medical bills. When he graduated from law school, he joined one of the world's most elite corporate law firms. I joined the Marine Corps to pay back the community that took care of me. When he was climbing the ladder to become another corrupt politician, I was serving my country and working to put an end to overseas wars. When giant corporations were stripping Missouri for parts, he attacked workers and shipped our jobs away, while I fought to take power back for American workers and small businesses. And when he voted against relief for vets like me who were exposed to toxic burn pits, I stood up alongside thousands of veterans to hold him accountable. I'm Lucas Kuntz, and I approve this message because Josh Hawley is a fraud and a coward. And by the time I'm done with him, the whole world's going to know it. So keep on running, Josh. Keep on running. That's powerful. That's powerful. Wow. It's amazing. And uh, thank you, Squeaky, jumping in. We are now down to uh, 328 to go to close fundraising and kick the bucket. Thank you so much. If we can raise that the minute I get off air, please believe me, I'll be placing the order for that chair. Um, I can't thank you enough. A little bit of other news. I saw this earlier, and uh, Darlene in Connecticut shared it with us. Um, She said, uh, we talked about this guy when I called in a while ago. Isn't actual justice grand? Headline, judge suspends law license of lawyer for Alex Jones following Sandy Hook document leaks. Yeah, this is a beautiful thing. Uh, This is... uh, uh, About... uh, Norman Pattis' law license. It's in suspension for six months. Judge Barbara Bellis wrote in a court order... At a basic level, attorneys must competently and appropriately handle the discovery of sensitive materials in civil cases. Otherwise, our civil system in which discovery of sensitive information is customary and routine would simply collapse. And she flatly rejected that it was an oopsie on Pattis's part. She said he failed to provide even the minimal amount of attention and care required when it came to handling the plaintiff's sensitive discovery materials. We cannot expect our system of justice or our attorneys to be perfect, but we can expect fundamental fairness and decency. There was no fairness or decency in the treatment of the plaintiff's most sensitive and personal information and no excuse for Pattis' misconduct. Meanwhile, Pattis is on the legal team representing Joseph Biggs, one of the Proud Boys, 
as he's being tried for seditious conspiracy in D.C. I suppose that only applies in uh, Connecticut, but it's still it's still a, a great moment. Um, y'all, I need I, I need to uh, ask your forbearance for a moment. Uh, anybody want to jump in and get the conversation up and rolling? Because I need to be away from the microphone for a minute or two. Sure thing, Robin. Hey, thank you, Kevin. Be right yeah. back. All right. Who else was here? What's up, Kevin? What's going on? I just got a call from Karen. She's broke down on McGinnis Ferry Road, which is like a huge major road. And the cops are there, postmasters there. It's a big scene, man. There's yeah. LLVs. They're they're crap, aren't they? Oh, uh, they're they are one. because they're they're, they're, they're getting terrible. old. Yeah, they, they've they've been overhauled for what twenty years now, thirty years well, going yeah, on now. And they they all got old Gremlin. A lot of them got old Gremlin engines in them. Remember the oh, Gremlins? Oh God, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I turned the key. I turned the key and I listened for the fuel pump to stop. And yeah. she was about uh, two miles from the post office, and it just took a crap. You know what can so, you do? Man? Are you guys getting weather down there, or what's going on? No, no, no. Nice uh, here, man. It's just cold, a little bit cold. Yeah, we got some. We had some rain. We've had we've had off and on rain for the last five days up here in uh, mass and we got some wet a little bit of wet snow but it just stuck on the grass got about an inch maybe that's about it looked like but, there was some circulation moving into california i don't know what the hell that's all about oh uh, yeah i seen that all that rain out there uh, just me and you i guess I, well I, roger's in the room no, I, I went looking for some pictures to see if I could find any today-type pictures in Northern California, but the flooding down around Sacramento is sucking up the the airwaves, so the, the rivers in Northern California, I can't find any today's pictures. But uh, North Coast, I mean, when I say North Coast, I'm talking Eureka area, getting hammered pretty hard. They even had a 97-mile-an-hour gust of wind on a rather low ridgetop just outside of Ferndale, which is, I don't know, 30 miles south of Eureka. Wow. Damn, 97-mile-an-hour wind on the ridgetop and sustained 50 on the flats. Global warming's a hoax. Pardon? Global warming's a hoax, haven't you heard? Well, it's a cold wind, so it can't be global warming. Right. <laughs> I don't know, man. We, we really, air messaging is terrible. It should never have been called global warming. It should have been presented as extreme climate change 30 years ago, not global warming. Well, I, I, I can understand what you're saying there, Steve, but the fact is it is a global warming. And the phenomenon, but warming. the masses don't understand that. That's why you yeah, have well, Tim Inhofe taking a snowball out on the center floor, you know. They don't get yeah. it. They don't get that the warming is what's causing the jet streams to move around. Did you catch that thing where it's 60 degrees at 4 o'clock in the morning around Europe? 
and I'm talking wow. northern Italy, Switzerland area, 60 degrees at 4 o'clock in the goddamn morning. And that was their low for the night. In Unreal. January. In January. My goodness. Well, the other thing I came across, because I'm kind of monitoring CNN right now, that uh, stabbing of the students in Moscow, Idaho, and they picked a dude up, and he's been transferred. Apparently today in court, they opened up some affidavits and all that. They still haven't found the murder, we murder weapon, but a sheath that would house a knife like the one that was used in the murder was found at the scene. And it had his DNA on it and his cell phone uh, tower connectivity uh, had him there at approximately the time of the murders. And also him cruising by about five hours after the murders, the same location. And he had been there multiple times before. And a father of one of the victims was on and said, the testimony that he's seen in the affidavits is he was stalking that apartment complex for quite some time before he committed the murders. So I think his ass is going to get strung. And I mean, that's I, pretty I think weird. I still. Wasn't he studying some kind of criminology course or something? Or Yeah, he was getting his PhD from a university in uh, Washington. What do you think happened, Roger? You think he just snapped or wanted to try out some of his theories? I mean, no, I think wrong? he was. Uh, uh, I think at one time he was the boyfriend or at least associated with one of the girls, and uh, I think he's an incel. And he was pissed that she was giving it away to another, uh, some other guy, and he wasn't getting any of it. Uh, that's just my take. I've got nothing to back that to, up. On really base that on mm -hmm. but he, he uh, seems a, like he knew how to clean up what he was trying from everything he'd learned part of his PhD research that he's been doing was uh, on people of heinous crimes is what did they feel like before what did they feel like during and what did they feel like after he was in on the psychological end of all that. Well, he was probably, I mean, most psych majors are psych majors trying to figure out what's wrong with them. And I think his research was to find out whether or not his feelings fit the mold of, you know, he was planning on doing this killing. And he wondered if his feelings were any different than other criminals that are doing that kind of shit. Anyhow, that's. What a fucking shame. What a waste, man. I mean, he could have contributed so much instead of just going the other direction, you know. Well, but incels are just incels. They're warped. So have you come – I've been reading as much as I could. I'm back, y'all. We had a uh, – we had a bucket crisis. The whole, the whole thing fell apart, and I just about fell off and hurt myself. Um um, Robin, when the show's over, go to Wally World and get you a chair. No, nah, I found one. I'm going to order it from Amazon as soon as I can. I, I can't, I can't, I can't get one from the Wally World because I can't get it in the car. It's got to be delivered. Oh, I see. 
Yeah. Um, it's like a big TV. I get it. So if we can finish fundraising this evening, uh, it'll be the uh, help Robin. Ki- it'll be help Robin. Robin kick the bucket Friday. I no, I did about tipped about tipped over in this thing, and it was kind of he unpleasant, and I had to <laughs> had to sort of re-rig this otherwise not particularly comfortable situation. But I was going to ask Roger. Uh, have you have you come are you, have you come around to the idea that dude is an incel too? Yeah, that, that that's my gut feeling. But I mean, I, I haven't seen anything where he's talking about being an incel. But at one time, something came through the line that he had either dated or wanted to date uh, one of the girls that was in the, in living in that house. And that just says to me, uh, uh, scorned lover, scorned attempted lover, and uh, anyway, just just a, sort of a gut feeling, jumping to conclusions without any real evidence. Well, there there was one story out of I think a brewery or a brew pub in Pennsylvania, because I guess that's where he was from, um, in which they made notes about him in, in the internal system of the brew pub talking about how he would get weird uh, with the women wait staff there and say inappropriate things. So he's beginning well, to, he's beginning to fit a pattern. And the fact that I mean, I, I, the other thing the other thing that sticks in my mind is that roughly the same time you had the 28-year-old guy who was catfishing a 15-year-old girl in Riverside, California, who drove across country, murdered her grandparents, murdered her mother, and made her and her sister an orphan and tried to kidnap the 15-year-old girl. And that kid, and, yeah. and that, that, that murderer had incel written all over him. And he was a cop. Yeah. Sobering, ain't it? Yeah. And and this guy from Idaho was a, a Ph.D. student in criminology. Mm-hmm. And as I... I, I, mean, I and, and enough time. I was simply going to say, I as I... enough time. I, I, I was just going to add that these, these guys, um, they radicalize really easily over into other extremist areas, you know, like being Nazis and stuff. Well, I think this is one of the problems with, uh, in essence, our entire law enforcement uh, setup, uh, including the FBI, is that they truly are part of the fascist underbelly of the country. And I mean, the, the whole thing that we've talked about before, had January 6th been black or brown, there would have been a huge bloodbath. Yeah, it would have, the, the, the blood would have flowed as white. high as a horse's, a horse's bridle. Yeah, but because they were white, nobody wanted to be the one that took a shot. Well, they did take the first shot, but a lot of other people didn't. Uh, after that first shot, again, had it been black or brown, everybody within sound of that first shot would have pulled out their gun 
and continued firing. Just the same way we've seen black kids shot down by multiple police officers in uh, all kinds of situations around this country. But the white boy gets to stop off at McDonald's and get a hamburger before he ends up getting hauled to the jail. Yeah. Burger King, actually, but the point's the same. Okay. Well, a burger joint. Yeah, and he's got dough in the bank, too, on top of it. Got what? He's got dough in the bank. The kid there. Yeah. Rittenhouse. Oh, no, no, that's the... We, uh, uh, Roger's talking about the kid that shot up Mother Emanuel in South Carolina. You're talking about uh, oh, Herr, right. yeah, Herr, right. yeah, yeah. Herr Rottenhaus. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got them two mixed up. Hey, I was thinking about – I have a little theory. Well, it's kind of a little twisting, but have you guys ever listened to that uh, Ultra, that Rachel Maddow? Uh, yeah, we've been talking about that for a couple – I have not yet, but a lot of people seem to think that there's a – a lot of value in paying attention to that. Uh, well, yeah. What's I your take? I, 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 well, first of all, I didn't know about it. I mean, it, but I just, I never realized how bad the Nazi problem was in this country. I mean, I know Lindbergh, I, I, you know, and but she goes into great detail. I mean, it was prevalent throughout uh, many members of Congress, and they used the mail system. You know, the United States mail to mail out all these uh, Nazi propaganda th- things. They had a ties to they had ties to Hitler's government. I mean, it was it was deep. It was very deep. And I think, you know, in essence, what stopped it, I guess you could argue, is that World War II happened, and then we had to go fight them. And you know, the Nazis. And uh, but even while it was going on, even while the war was going on, they were. There was people here in, uh, in, the, in the Congress that were kind of yeah, yeah, and and nationally the Bund. Yeah, so it, that so well, then one of the things that Rachel brings out in that is that the American Congress and well, the entire American government was infiltrated with the Nazis, but it, when you put a little bit more together together with it, had the Japanese not bombed Pearl Harbor, we probably wouldn't have entered the war. Until after Britain fell. Yeah. If at all. If at all, if, yeah. yeah because, if, if at all. Right. I mean, they, they went to great lengths to stop these Justice Department people from persecuting these uh, members of Congress. And it was a shit show. Where do you hear it? I mean, I don't want to give it away, but Roger knows. I mean, what those people did in the courtroom, they, they acted like complete freak. It was a freak show. And they they let him get away with it. You know, they they slapped him for contempt of court. They, you know, some of them got fined. I think a few of them got jailed for for you know being being disruptive. But you know, all in all, the judge just basically there were so many of them, and they were so they were so whacked out, and they were so um, committed to their uh, ideology that I think one of the judges wound up getting sick. I think. And uh, they get replaced with another judge. I, I don't want to get too much into it. So I'm like, kind of like comparing it to now. Okay, we we see the problem. We know what's going on now, and we got another war going on over in Ukraine, and we're starting to step up with Bradley's now, and Germany's uh, stepping up their game, and 
who knows how this is going to turn out. And, you know, if then if, if things really, really get bad and we got guys going, going over there, you know, fighting, well, there's a, there's my similarity and there, therein lies my uh, theory. So there you go. <laughs> anyway. Well, it, we were. It shouldn't come to that. It shouldn't come to that. Yeah, we were, saying. but we were a very compromised nation at that point in time. It's like uh, yesterday when one of those maggots uh, nominating Kevers talked about how the last time this happened it was 1923 and and the and the and the Republican Congress under Calvin Coolidge in 1923 would go on to lead a massive expansion of the economy and prosperity for all Americans. They, they really do count on the ahistorical or, or the, the lack of historical knowledge of the American people, don't they? Sure they do. I yeah. mean, in six more years, the entire economy of the world would collapse, led by the collapse of the American economy brought on by the policies of the Republican goddamn party. And, and we would, and and, the, and America would have to suffer and bleed and die for another three years until they could get rid of Herbert Hoover and the Republican Congress. In fact, it was that it was that uh, inauguration of 1933 that brought about the the change to uh, inauguration happening on January 20th, because inauguration prior to then had been in March. And the country was in such dire straits that we couldn't wait. And yeah, so the inauguration was moved into January. And you had the bank, the bank holidays and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> are these people ignorant? Do they not know? No, they're liars. They are liars. And we'll sit there and lie about the history of this country that is irrefutable. Yep, they'll they'll keep lying, and it'll just it'll make them. Uh, I don't know. They want to go after. I don't know what they're going to do, but something needs to get done. Somebody needs to step up in there, and I don't know. Well, uh, and 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 spe- speaking of this scum, I had a note uh, in the last hour from uh, uh, Kim in New York. Hi, Robin. Hi, Kim. The House Clavern met at fellow insurrectionist Mark Meadows' office to strategize. If we ever needed proof that there must be accountability, here it is. Why are these traitors able to freely commune to continue their destruction of our democracy? And sent me a story from uh, uh, Yahoo News. House members blocking McCarthy speaker bid meet at offices of ex-Trump chief Mark Meadows. 300 Independence Avenue, and there's uh, Matt Gates and Paul Gosar, the demon dentist of the desert, and Ralph Norman of South Carolina stand, uh, all standing outside an outfit called the Conservative Partnership Institute offices, which just happened to be uh, the workspace of Mark Meadows, who joined the Conservative Partnership Institute as senior partner in January of 2021 right after the attack on the Capitol. Oh boy, I, I hope he's got a lot of uh, information that the Justice Department is going to use to, you know, 
nail some of these people because he needs he needs to go. That guy needs Meadows needs to fucking go. You know who else needs to go? Who was the guy that uh, sent out the directive to the uh, Capitol Police that they can't use? Uh, basically, just took their cut their balls off. That guy, I forget his name. He needs to go. Oh yeah, and yeah, and addition uh, in addition to uh, uh, the three I mentioned, uh, Byron Donalds of Florida went there, Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, Chip Roy of Dribbling Dick, Texas, uh, were apparently all in there conspiring, and of course the the Conservative Partnership Institute was founded by none other than Jim Demented, who used to be a senator from South Carolina and then was elevated to be head of the Heritage Foundation. It's it's shameful. And it leads me to say what I've been saying. Well, uh, I think it was Dave, uh, uh, Dave and the Blind who changed it from y'all they're going to do it again to y'all they're still doing it. How about y'all? I share. I, Kim signed off furious in New York City. I join you. I join you in your fury, Kim. It is not. It is not ill placed. They're gonna do it for two years. They got two years. They're to gonna do it until they destroy the government of the United States, Kevin. I know exactly. That's what they want to do. September's a debt ceiling, so they got to figure something out. I think maybe Biden can figure something out. Uh, legally to keep it from the whole country from fucking collapsing but I don't know uh, I wouldn't I, if I was Biden I wouldn't be standing by and letting the house do all this shit I'd, I'd do something I'd figure out something well I think I now. think I think they've just got a message against them relentlessly and yep. uh, talk about how they want to how they want to gut America You know, they, they throw fits about the southern border when all they want to do is hurt more people with Title 42. But they, you see, they don't see asylum seekers or people cross, trying to get across the border to get away from the hell and damnation that we ourselves com- uh, created. They don't even see asylum seekers as human beings. They still refer to them as illegals. I think they just look at them as political uh, political pieces, you know, to make them get everybody all wound up, you know. And they're the ones that are doing all the work. They're the ones that are and going they to also, the farms. And but, they also won't look at the drug problem we have in this country as the fentanyl is simply supplying a demand created by the people here in the United States. Why can't they start looking at what is creating that demand to start shutting it down? Well, and the problem with fentanyl is that it will, it, you know, it, it's sort of self uh, self eliminating because people die when they do it. I'm not trying to say that fentanyl's not a bad drug. That, that's not where. where no, I wasn't thinking. I didn't think you were. No, it's that 
the law of supply and demand, if there was not a demand for the drugs, and by the way, most of the drugs do not come in over the border. They come in at ports of entry, uh, the other ports of entry, not... Yeah, uh, via big boat. Desert. Yeah, um, or submarine or, or whatever. Now, cocaine was a lot of submarine traffic. But anyhow, my point here is that they keep wanting to only use the symptoms as the whipping boy. They don't want to get to the cause. And, and the cause is the demand. What's causing the demand? It's the depressed, depressed uh, opportunity for people in this country to have a meaningful life. And yet every goddamn thing they do is making the life worse, the declining middle class, the poverty, the homelessness, the veterans that can't get taken care of and can't get pain meds through the VA because some asshole doctor decided that more than three Oxycontin a month is too much to give a veteran. I, it's just, I get frustrated. Sorry. Didn't no, you're, 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 not, you're not wrong, Roger, because... Uh, look where, look where uh, they dumped. Uh, what was it? Enough, enough uh, hydrocodone to give every West Virginian uh, an addiction. I mean, millions upon millions upon millions of pills. You know, they dumped it in little rural areas in West Virginia, where, as I have said in the past. Uh, young people have more in common with the besieged people of the Gaza Strip than they do with Americans in other part of the country. There's, I mean, it, it is, a, it is an enforced kind of hopelessness. I was talking with Annette last night, and I said, I got to find this document, and uh, I don't know if Parsons still around, uh, but years ago, someone got hold of a document that was produced by the uh, Council for Columbia Gas and it was a road map or a plan for the depopulation of West Virginia to make this state safe for the hydrocarbon industry and it talked about depopulating this state and making it somewhere no one would want to go and just having enough people here to service the oil, coal, and natural gas industries. They have been wildly successful. And part of that, as far as I can tell, is the immiseration of the poor and the hopeless. And I've never seen anything to... Uh, to disprove that idea. Oh, and uh, well, during the sixties, there was an incredible effort made to incarcerate uh, via the drug laws uh, all the anti-Vietnam War protesters. Well, the original war on drugs was invented by Nelson Rockefeller in the state of New York. I mean, that's the fact. And then it caught on as a as a as a national phenomenon. Oh, and by the way, Ron and Raleigh said the timeline's a little off. Lindbergh was involved in the plot that Smedley Butler was called to lead. 
That was in 1933. Ultra was in 1940, another plot where Nazis were involved. The 1933 plot was led by American industrialists and financiers because FDR had ended the gold standard and the rich folks thought they would lose their wealth. Both were fascist. One was homegrown, although they admired Hitler and Mussolini. And uh, a weather report coming in from Tom in sunny San Rafael, not so sunny. Uh, well, Bay Area weather, well, it's been rainy and windy with a whole series of atmospheric rivers and more to come. Unfortunately, it'll take a constant series of them through the end of February to significantly ease the drought. With that comes flooding and lots of damage. Even that won't end our mega drought, which, depending on the source, has been going on for 30, 100, or even 1,000 years. Most of California's water is stored in the snowpack in the Sierras, and it melts slowly over the summer when we capture a lot of it in reservoirs. But now, with global warming, the snowpack melts early and fast, which causes even more damage and leaves us in drought again. Witness the Oroville Dam near disaster of a few years ago. This year, we're in La Nina for the third year straight. El Ninos tend to bring the rainy winters like this one, but it can go either way, and it's not a sure thing. Sparky mentioned the winter of 1997. I had to do a lot of outdoor work that winter, and it rained every single day for 40 days. Not 40 days and 40 nights, but close enough. Signed, Tom, in sunny San Rafael. Sounds a little like Appalachia, Tom. Um, so, Steve, did you ever get recharged? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, my wife broke down, Robin. You were out on hiatus. Yeah, or, or, or low bucketus. You gotta get a chair, bro. I mean, at least get a stool from Walmart. Well, I mean, that, that, that would be about as uncomfortable. Um, that's, I know, but at least you'd have, it'd be more comfortable than a can. Uh, <laughs> I think a stool is like $25 or something. Yeah, right now the power company, the water company, and et cetera, everybody else seem to be getting all of the money. That's just how things are. But, you know, we've only got uh, we only got 328 bucks to go to finish the week, so... Um, you're, near, you're nearly there. Yeah, if we, could, if we could get there, I will. I will order the new chair the, the instant the show is over. Because this is in loud of a can, you can just get one of them four-stooled sitting chairs. No, this is this is one of the you you've seen them at Lowe's, those blue five-gallon buckets. Oh God, you can't sit on that, man. Well, there's a there's a uh, <laughs> there's a uh, like a you know an outdoor chair or rocking chair cushion. There's one of those. There's a rolled up uh, there's a, there, there's a rolled up bathrobe. Uh, there's my donut cushion from Post Op. And there's a pillow. And it's okay as long yeah, as I stand up every now and then. You don't have no back support. No, no, there's not. There, There is no back support. That's why I kind of almost fell off the bucket there a little bit ago. <laughs> but it's going to be the same thing at Walmart, or and I might as well get something with a little bit of quality to it, you know, if that's possible. You know, when I played music, you have to have a straight-back chair with no arms for a guitar. Right. You know? And you can get one of those that has a cushion bottom on it for like twenty dollars. I mean, it's like the big lighter of chairs. Get one of those until you can get something comfortable in. You know, that'll fit in your car too. Yeah, I can probably. I could throw a bar stool in the car. Yeah, 
something that you could use at a later time that beats a bucket, you know. If you need me to help you out, let me know. I yeah. got your back, uh, man. The, the Lee in New York wrote a little bit ago and said, couldn't you get, like, a table from your dining room? Oh, Lee. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. There's two families living in this house. Was it one of those gospel hustlers that was uh, pushing the five-gallon uh, bucket meals? No, oh, that was Jim Baker. Yeah. Kids in a board, you can make a table. Well, see, I'm I'm, I'm fibbing a little bit. This this isn't really a Lowe's bucket. It's a Jim Baker bucket pudding bucket that we already ate all the pudding. I knew it was. That's where I was getting at it. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. See, you, you 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 spotted me. <laughs> Busted. Busted. <laughs> Hello, Jeremy. What's going on? Uh, how's uh how's how's warm and toasty Vermont? It's rained all week long. There's no snow. <laughs> no snowmobiling? No snowmobiling. Supposedly it's coming in the future, we'll see, but I have a feeling that uh, my future is going to involve side-by-sides in the next five years because snow is becoming less and less of a commodity here. I have a feeling we're going to take a major hit or skiers here in the next ten years. <laughs> Well, damn, Jeremy. Good to see you here, man. Thanks. Well, usually it is. Otherwise, everything's fine, I guess. Other than the clown show going on for the last four, four days. But he thinks he has votes for the 15 votes, so we'll see. You think he's going to get it? He says for the 15th vote, he thinks he has the votes. I think they're out getting Matt Gates hammered now. I <laughs> got a full of flow. Yeah, he'll greet anything they put in front of him right now. Yeah, yeah they got they got they got they got they got Anna Hava Nagila there. Uh, <laughs> you, want, you want another shot, Matt? I'll pour you another shot. Hey, you can drink a shot out of my belly button. You want to do that, hon? I just like the him that Matt Gates and Noah Boba are all going at each other. They're all attacking each other in a circular fire club. Right I love it. Isn't that great, Jeremy? Big bag of rats. Fight, fight, fight. You know? well, wait, wait. Did 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 Bobblehead uh, cross over? No. No. She's a holdout. She's, she's holding firm. Gats is a holdout. And who are the other three, Roger? Andy Andy Biggs is one of them, isn't he? I'm going to go see if I can... I'm going to go see if I can find that... Uh, Posted, had them all listed. Well, I, I've got I've got something here that twenty one to five, you know, so they flipped a lot. Uh, you might uh, you might you might find this interesting. Um, when they were taking the magnetometers out, somebody got video of uh, Clanny Oakley. Now let's check this out here. At least the audio. Congresswoman, this was uh, put here in part because of you. Do you have a response to whether uh, Democrats are going to feel unsafe? Should they feel unsafe? Uh, absolutely not. They should not feel unsafe. If they do, they should uh, come see me for a concealed carry weapons permit, and I can make sure that they are locked and loaded in Washington. What do you think of Pelosi using that as, an ex- as a justification for these metal detectors? Um, Nancy Pelosi has uh, been a monster of a speaker, and I'm very happy that she no longer has the gavel. And little political stunts like the magnetometers are gone forever. Will you be bringing a gun onto the House floor? 
Will you be bringing a gun onto the house floor? And she, she just did away with the metal detector. She just gave this coy little shrug. Yeah, she'll be packing heat. So will some of the so will some of the other insurrectionist treasonous fucks. Because among other things, back in 2021, Clanny Oakley there said that she would carry a Glock in D.C. It's illegal to carry a gun in D.C. At, at least it was, un, you know, until Heller. She went on and said of the of the magnetometers, I think they should be removed from the Capitol, filled with Tannerite and blown up. So what are Kevo's odds tonight? Ah. Uh, Let's take a poll. It depends on how um, how drunk old uh, high head Matt is right now. He's the leader uh, of that Kevin, holdout. Kevin's, Kevin's going to get elected. Oh, no doubt he about might it. Might be getting elected by some of the holdout people voting present, so they can. Uh, continue to campaign on the fact that they never voted for Kevin McCarthy, but it will reduce the number of votes that Kevin McCarthy needs, needs so for. If, there, uh, if there's five to, just voted present, then he would be uh, a lock-in. Is that what you're saying? Apparently, what are there? There are still five that were voting against really him in the last election. If one of those five uh, votes for him, and one of them votes present, I think that's enough for him to get the election to be confirmed as speaker. I'm but, not fine. But, but I, and I, I would just add, I think, right we, I think we do ourselves a, disf- a disservice if we think that there's a fundamental difference between those five maggot weirdos and, you know, the other 217 maggot weirdos. You know, when Elise Stupidnik, number three in the Republican caucus, stood up to nominate uh, Kevers the first or second time, whenever it was, and she said, Republicans have a plan for what we want to do to the American people. And nobody in the for-profit media picked that up. I get, Oh, it's just a Freudian slip. Well, Freudian slips are Freudian slips for a reason. Freudian slips are Freudian slips... Because they tell you something about the inner workings of the mind of the person saying it. What we want to do to the American people. Because they do have plans for what they want to do to us. And it's not going to be fun. They've got this notion, we've all heard pay go, pay as you go. That yet that, that if you want to if you want to do if you want if you've got a bill that's going to cost something you have to either prove that it's revenue neutral or that you can raise the money somewhere to pay for it well it's called paygo the latest thing to come down the pike for the maggots though is cut go oh you want to uh, uh, you 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 want to you want to pay the troops better okay take money away from social security take money away from medicare take money away from you know, food for children who are hungry. These are vandals. They're all vandals. There is no moderate Republican 
God knows there's no liberal Republican. And one of these freaks said, uh, I think it was t- earlier today, and, and, and you know what? When we've got power, we will take, we will grab the Senate and we'll drag them along with us whether they like it or not. I hope, I mean, you know, a ma- even if it's a slim majority, a majority is a majority. And if those maggots vote lockstep, they're going to win whatever they want to win. Am I wrong? But yeah, Kevo's going to get it. I mean, it's just a matter of time. No, but Steve, what I what I'm saying is, they can do whatever they want to do as a house, whether it's a majority of one or a majority of one hundred. It comes to the same outcome. And these, so you know, if they decide to starve Granny, they will pass a bill to starve Granny. Let me ask you something, Robin. They've reduced this uh, threshold to one person. Does that mean one Democrat could say, "I want old Kevo removed," and they have to vote on it? I don't know if that applies to the to the Democrats, but it should it, it, it should? But should does not necessarily carry the day in terms of the Jeffersonian rules of practice and procedure you have to be in control of the majority for that to be effective then is that what you're telling me i I think i don't know for sure but here here i mean let let me make clear it's not the democrats that kevers has to worry about he has presented them his testicles in a pair of vice grips and they can twist any time they want to it's going to make him a very ineffective leader yeah he's going to be he's going to be the non-speaker and see that I mean, or or you know the pseudo speaker. And I've seen articles touting that uh, marginal trailer queen will be the shadow speaker. You know the fact that she went over and voted with him and raised hell. You know, methinks methinks the lady doth protest too much. And so she's going to have power, and she's going to continue to be friends with Bobblehead and forehead and the demon dentist and Andy, you know Andy whose brain is not so big and they're going to have the power it's almost like they will have a veto power in the house because if those five don't go along with a, with a proposal it don't pass and the way they are what it means is that if something that the majority of Republicans want isn't cruel enough, isn't vicious enough, isn't hateful enough, then they will stomp their feet and hold their breath and twist the, and twist his testicles in the vice grips until the bill is hateful enough, vicious enough, cruel enough, sick enough. That's who they are. And all we've got standing between, uh, you know, all we've got standing between us and that is a slim majority in the Senate that includes Joe Manchin and Curtsy and Kirsten Cinema and Joe Biden, President of the United States of America. Now they're not going to, ha- they, they they will not have any veto-proof majorities. 
so he may be vetoing a bunch of shit. And the stuff that comes to him that he vetoes will be a bunch of shit. Um, let's see. Okay. Thank you, Roger. Um, those members still choosing not to vote for McCarthy, Andy Biggs, Lauren Bubert, Eli Crane, Matt Gates, Bob Good, Matt Rosendale. Yeah, that Matt Rosendale dude, uh, he's the one who sounds like he's from the Tidewater of Virginia, but it represents the second district of Montana, and the fact that Montana has two districts simply... What one of those did the Kristen Cinema maneuver today? He stood up and said, I'm voting for Kevin... And he put his thumbs down and said, whoever the other... I can't remember the last Hearn. name. Hearn. He said, I'm voting that for was Kevin. Matt Rosen, that was Matt Rosendale. Yeah, that was his Kristen Cinema move, wasn't it? And I, I texted Roger. I said, yeah. Did he just pull a Kristen Cinema? Did you catch that? Or? No, I, I saw oh, it, and it was, it went over, it went over like a turd in a punch bowl. It was like the baby, <laughs> it was like the baby Ruth scene from uh, Caddyshack. Duty. So is he still a holdout? I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. And old Forehead was pretty adamant. He's like, look, we can keep this going in perpetuity. So, you know, I don't know. If, if they are all in solidarity, these five, or how many is it now? Five. Five. Five? That's all it takes. But all they got to flip is what? One or two. They got to flip two, right? Yeah. They got to get Kevers to 218. And a note coming in from Matt in San Francisco, San Francisco weather update. It's been an interesting week. The latest storm was a bit of a hellraiser. For context, I think it's important to understand how us San Francisco natives approach weather, which is to say we really don't do weather very well. We're accustomed to it being between 60 and 75 degrees, no matter what time of the year it is. We can handle a little rain during winter. Anything above and beyond that, we don't really have the infrastructure of even personal experience with that to do when it's freezing cold. No one here has an ice scraper, for example. Air conditioning is something most people in the city don't have because it really never used to get hot enough to justify buying one. Here's a personal example. In my previous job, I traveled throughout eight western states to visit stores. The first time I went to Colorado during winter, I got to the car rental place and I asked the person behind the counter if there were chains in the car. They gave me a perplexed look and I said, you know, because of the snow. They looked at me some more and said, uh, no, sir, we have people that take care of the roads and clear the snow. I thought they, they needed chains because my only experience with snow was going to the Sierra Mountains and if you were going to Tahoe, etc., chains are required, so you get the drift. The last storm came on the heels of another big storm last week. Last week it dumped so much rain that there was flooding in low-lying areas on 101, the freeway that most of us use to get to SFO International Airport. I've been on that highway. was closed in both directions due to flooding. While driving my delivery route in the morning, I saw two car accidents at different underpasses near El Camino Real in San Mateo. I saw three cars submerged underwater because people misjudged just how deep the flooding was. That storm dumped more water than this last one. The local media did a great job of warning everyone about the last storm, so a lot of people stayed home. For example, my workplace shut down and did not have anyone work on Wednesday due to the forecast. The rain and winds were intense. A 40-foot trailer, the kind you see semi-tractor trailers carrying, in our yard at work was blown over and landed on its side. 
A tree was uprooted and fell in the front of our yard. We lost power at our house for about 14 hours from Wednesday into Thursday. Up north there was a child kill when a tree fell on a house. The loss of life would have been much worse if the media had not alerted everyone to the severity of the storm. There continues to be rain in the forecast, so time will tell how we handle it. Hopefully people have gotten wise and started to slow down when driving and stop gallivanting around carelessly as these storms continue to wallop us. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Thank you, Matt. That wind's sufficient to overturn a tractor trailer. I mean, Steve, you live in Georgia. I'm in West Virginia. I know what those winds are like. I grew up in Alabama. But usually they're accompanied by tornadoes, right? Indeed. And this is just howling in off the Pacific coast. I mean, it's going to be an interesting planet from here on out, it looks. And that's got to be really unsettling for people who aren't used to that kind of thing. You know, what was the headline from back in the 70s? Uh, there was a, a San Francisco Chronicle headline, uh, 75 again today, no relief in sight. Yeah. Yeah, meanwhile, it's a tolerable 73.9 degrees here in the uh, fabulous Horn Studios atop the <laughs> Horn Studios broadcast bucket. Uh, which is a cue for me to say we got $328 to go in fundraising and uh, about 20 minutes to get there if anybody wants to help out. Uh, basically, that's just uh, um, $28 of yesterday and then today. Thanks. Thanks for the help uh, this evening. Thanks so much getting it down that far. I really do appreciate it. We really do appreciate it. Uh Ralphs asks, so can the Senate and Joe Biden defeat these bills? That they, yeah, but there are some bills that you're going you're to have to negotiate with the terrorists on. The Constitution gives the power of the purse to the House of Representatives. And Veronica Escobar of Texas earlier today asked, said, you know, this government is only funded through September. I can only imagine what they're going to do when September gets here. And she's not wrong. They'll shut the government down in a heartbeat. And since they're uh, since they'll be more than a year out from an election, they won't think twice about it because they'll be quite sure and probably quite quite correct that the American people will completely forget it by then. Hell, they might shut the the government down through January. You know, a lot of these Republicans oppose the very idea of Social Security. And they'd love nothing more than for Granny not to get her freaking check. Because, or, or for EBT not to be funded. That is who they are. But the American people get suckered in by horse shit like family values and they're coming to get your guns. You know, you know, Emory, at least we have our guns. We can go out and hunt. We can go out and hunt for skunks and possums to eat, if, if, if at least if the, if they if they shut the government down like they need to. And how many times did Dick Cheney say deficits don't matter? Right, uh, Roger. I don't know how I could be bleeding TV audio. Uh, there's no there's no channel open to bleed TV audio from. Everybody but, is muted. Everyone is. Huh. 
That's Everybody weird. Everybody else was muted except you. I don't know where it was coming from. That's strange. Well, it's gone now, and that's that's all that, all that matters. Okie dokie, because I never heard a blessed thing. Oh, by the way, um, Brother Deacon Asa says, I already told you guys, Bobert doesn't like those magnetometers because they set off the metal plates in her head, damn it. True enough. Oh, and Theo sent something along, uh, an update to something we've been talking about. Um, the, uh, the power grid attack in Washington State. Two men arrested after power grid knocked out on Christmas Day. Uh, they're charged with conspiracy to damage energy facilities after attacks on numerous substations in Pierce County that caused around $3 million in damage and left 14,000 people in the dark on Christmas. Uh, Matthew Greenwood, age 32, and Jeremy Crahan, aged 40, of Puyallup, help me, Roger, P-U-Y-A-L-L-U-P. I live in Oregon, not Washington. Yeah, but I thought you knew the pronunciation. Puyallup, Puyallup, whatever. I get it wrong every time. Uh, They were arrested on New Year's Eve. Uh, they got busted through the phone uh, through an anal- analysis of phone records, uh, and they matched a truck the, that showed up in some video. And then, when, and then when they served a search warrant, they found clothing similar to what was worn in the in the surveillance images. So the uh, the the these these stupid Nazis got too close to the to the uh, surveillance cams. They seized two short-barreled firearms, one with a makeshift silencer that hadn't been registered. Um, the pettifoggers haven't re- uh, haven't responded uh, to any requests for comment. Quick update, Robin. Um, Karen is rolling again. She's. Um Oh, good. I broke down anymore. Yeah, I worry about her. A woman alone with, you know, in a male jeep. Yeah, in North Georgia? Yeah. In North Georgia, you know, with all that valuable mail on board. Gosh, man. I'm no, that's really worrisome. What yeah, What was the problem? Do you know? Her, if I said or did anything to, you know, make anybody irritated. I apologize. I'm just. No, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, Does she know what was wrong? No, the, the male jeep just took a crap. Great. Just took a crap, you know, and they don't know when. They had to, finally, they had the police surrounded her. The postmaster came. He was with her. Of course, I felt a little bit better after that, but she went through a period of like 20 minutes where she was there alone by herself. That's frightening. Yeah, well, yeah. It scared the hell out of me. Yeah. But if she's rolling now, it looks like she's on her way home, and I'll be damn glad to see her. It's my best friend, you know. Yeah. Well, she's a doll, and I love her to pieces. She loves you, too, Robin. We talk about you all the time. That must explain, <laughs> yeah. that must explain all the ear burning. Okay, yeah, thank, you to, thank you to Irish Dave and Brother Deacon Asa. It's Puyallup. Puyallup. I will try to remember that. I have screwed that up so many times. I don't know why it keeps showing up in the, in the, in the news, but Puyallup. Um, well, I've got another general update here. 
Yeah. The brother-in-law just closed the goddamn door, and he's finally going back home to Vancouver, Washington. We've had his ass here for the last two weeks. Not a fan, Roger? It's like the, the no. guest that won't leave, right? <laughs> well, this, this is the one I was back east a year ago packing his goddamn house. He's a fucking hoarder. The, he comes in here to the mother-in-law unit which is a nice little place, you know, and all that. And every goddamn square inch of every counter, every bed, every table, every chair has to get covered with something, everything. And then we've got a spare refrigerator out here that we use for some overflow from the the house when I'm marinating a, a roast or something like that. Shit, the refrigerator's full of everything of his, including... Empty plastic bags of bread wrappers, for Christ's sake. What? Yeah, he eats a loaf of bread, and he puts the empty plastic back in the refrigerator. Don't ask me fucking why. I haven't got a goddamn... Oh, poor Roger. You sound like you're absolutely beside yourself. Oh, shit. And my wife gets pissed off at it, too, and then she bitches to me about her brother. Come on, bitch to your own goddamn brother. Don't bitch to me about him. Anyhow, is he all? I mean, I, I mean, no disrespect. Is he all home? Oh hell, just ask him. He'll tell you he is. I mean, shit. He's even got a PhD. He even taught at, at uh, American University in Washington D.C. for thirty fucking years. Taught what? International relations. He's an expert uh, in that, and somebody that knows leadership history from the entire Latin America and U.S. back to the Depression era. And there's hardly a question you can ask him about who was Secretary of State or who was the U.N. ambassador. Or oh well, that's where that's where he's, that's where that's where all his brain cells are concentrated. Must be, because they sure as hell ain't in common sense. He came out here because they got he got laid off, fired, retired, whatever you want to call it. So he comes out here because he wants to be close to his sister. But he doesn't want to pay uh, sales tax, so he wanted to be close to Oregon. But then he didn't want to pay state income taxes either, so he went up to Vancouver, Washington, and bought himself a goddamn house, kept all his medical appointments down here, and uses the address here in, in at our house to get all his shipments because if it, it's shipped to an Oregon address, he doesn't have to pay sales tax. But if it's shipped to a Washington address, he'd have to pay sales tax. So he drives two hours to come down here and pick up his shit every couple of weeks, spends three or four days, and then goes back up to Vancouver because he thinks he's saving money by paying Washington income tax and no sales tax in Oregon. But it's a four-hour round-trip drive to get from here to Vancouver, Washington. Which kind of obviates any savings, right? Yeah, well, he's one of those very intelligent people that just ain't got no fucking common sense. 
You know, I don't hear you talk like this very often, Roger. I can tell he's he's way deep under your fingernails. Oh. Oh. Uh, I you you know that I I drove for Mayflower for a while. Yeah, sure. Back in the early days. So <clears throat> I get wife went back, spent about three months in D.C., and then I went back for two months. And he's a collector. I mean, he's got all these nice glass cabinets with all kinds of knickknacks and shit in them. But he doesn't want me to pack them because they might get broken on the move out here. And he had saved every goddamn box that every little trinket ever fucking came in in that house. And, oh, this trinket, I know where that box is. And he'd go downstairs, and a half hour later he'd come back with one box for that particular item. I, well, now what am I going to do with it? Oh, I know where that box is. And finally, I just got to the point where I said, fuck it, I'm just wrapping this shit up. If not, I'm getting on the plane and going home. Uh, he brought shit out here. <sighs> a bicycle with two flat tires that he hasn't ridden in probably 20 years came on the moving van. Might decide uh, to start bicycling a, again. A badminton set. Um Broken down lawn furniture. Uh, I just—he's a fucking hoarder. That's all it is. And all the shit's still in the garage there. He got the display cabinets out, and now it seems like every goddamn day we get a another box from this thing, no beaker or some outfit like that, which is where he buys a lot of these trinkets. And I know goddamn good and well what he's doing is he's filling up all his display cases with new trinkets rather than unboxing the one <sighs> a two-car garage that is stuffed floor to ceiling wall to wall two-car garage with the shit that he hauled out here and the last time i was up there a couple of months back the house was already getting cluttered and he hadn't even unpacked the fucking shit in the garage oh lordy Anyhow, everybody else has got a lot more problems than I do, but it's just, he comes here, and he's got this doctor appointment, and that doctor appointment, and some other doctor's appointment. When he went out the door, he said, well, I'm going to stop by Safeway, see if they've got my prescription ready. If they don't, I guess I'm going to have to come back and spend another night, and then, you know, go check tomorrow. Well, why doesn't he get the goddamn drugs in Vancouver, which is where he fucking lives? And I guess that's just not a question worth asking, is it? No. No. <laughs> Look, not, Roger, not laughing at, laughing with. No. Well, I'm tempted to go into the house and ask the wife she wants to go out for a celebratory dinner tonight. Why not? She yeah. gets frustrated too, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I got one last wacky, wacky, zany story in this week of wackiness and zaniness. Uh, we've probably tried really hard to forget uh, this woman's name. Uh, she's a blonde televangelist, wears a lot of black leather, has a kind of a BDSM vibe about her. Her name is Paula White Kane, and she was referred to as the spiritual advisor to Geezer Disgustus. Well, Paula White Kane, work with me here, 
Uh, those of us of a certain age remember the heyday of corporate rock and, you know, REO Sticks Journey Wagon. And Journey in particular. You know, Journey, Journey was a fa- fantastically talented band. Uh, Steve Perry has long since gone from the band. I, it's something I think he lost his voice, and then, um, then he got kind of taken down forever. Um, oh, what's the comedian's name? What and who told the story about? It? Well, never mind. Where and the punchline was? Well, I've stopped believing. But Journey is still a going concern of sorts, and Journey has a bank account. And Paula White Kane is married to Journey keyboardist Jonathan Kane. And Neil Schoen, the guitar player, a brilliant guitar player, you know, came out of the San Francisco scene, played with Santana for a while, you know, has chops. Well, he's now accusing Paula White Kane of ripping off the Journey bank account. Um, he sent a cease and desist, through a lawyer, sent a cease and desist letter to Paula White Kane, uh, telling her to remove herself from the band's bank accounts by December 27th. And, uh, well, what they found is uh, Paula White's Kane, White Kane's signature has been identified on financial documents related to Journey since 2020. Uh, apparently, the allegation is that she's been robbing them blind. Of course, she's a Christian, so that's not at all surprising. And a televangelist, even less surprising. But uh, I, I guess they're not going to put the band back together because Neil Schoen served Jonathan Kane another cease and desist letter because he went down to uh, Magaloco and performed Don't Stop Believing." Uh, that was a party where uh, Carrie Lake and Marginal Trailer Queen were in attendance. It never, the grift never ends with these people. And they've actually got, I, I was wrong, the band is not breaking up. Uh, they've got an upcoming North American tour that starts later this month. Of course, don't, st- don't stop believing. Has always ever since I heard this, and this is back when the song came out in 1981. I happened to be going to college with a guy, a great guy, uh, fabulous guitarist, and uh, "Don't Stop Believing" drove him absolutely bananas because he came from a place called Gross Point Farms, Michigan. His parents were Scottish immigrants, and. Uh, uh, he was just—he was just a lot of fun to be around. Great, just like a. Whenever I thought of uh, the Pink Floyd song, uh, "Several Species of Small Furry Animals Grooving in a Cave with a Pict," I always thought of my buddy as the Pict. Um, but when that song came out, that line, uh, "Just a city boy born and raised in South Detroit," he would lose his shit every time he heard that lyric and scream. God damn it, South Detroit is Windsor, Ontario, Canada. There is no South Detroit. And so I heard his I heard his voice in my head when I saw this story about 
uh, Trump's spiritual advisor ripping off the rest of the band uh, in the Journey's bank account. So, yeah, it's dumb, but it's funny in its own way. Something that's not funny as we head out the door, 2024 was going to be difficult enough in the Senate. Now it's more difficult because... Uh, the senior senator from Michigan, Debbie Stabenow, I've actually met her, nice lady, uh, has decided she does not wish to run for re-election in 2024. And so it's being Politico is describing it, uh, setting off a mad scramble for a newly opened battleground seat in 2024. Uh, representatives Alyssa Slotkin and Debbie Dingell are both thinking about running. Uh, a couple other House members may think about it. I presume uh, Gretchen Whitmer won't because she'll be halfway through her second term as governor. But uh, Debbie Dingell said, I'm stunned. She told me months ago she was running. I can't imagine our delegation without her, but today is the day we celebrate her, and then we figure it out. And that's just the first Democratic retirement ahead of 2024. Please, God. With the possible exception of Kirsten Cinema, who isn't a Democrat any, anymore, let that be the end of it. Because the, the 24, 24 seats to defend, and the Republicans only have to do 10, that's going to be ugly. Sorry, I just wanted to get those two stories in there. Anybody else got anything before... Uh, Maybe we head out? Not really. I'm just curious. Um, you think Kevo is going to get in tonight or not? I, th- uh, uh, I heard. Where, I kept hearing something earlier in the where, day. Then they were waiting. They were uh, there were a couple of people absent today, and they were waiting for them and hoping their flights would be in by 10 o'clock. And that's why they did the 10 p.m. adjournment. Remember, you used to wear a coat with purple stars and. Oh y'all! No. Oh, you mean my uh, my tattered my tattered purple robe? Yes. Uh, with the uh, with the with the uh, frayed applique moon and stars and my. Uh, I'd like to hear the Oracle Robin's take on this. You know. Um, they don't want to work Saturday, so if anybody's going to flip, they're going to flip. If anybody, if anybody, if any Republicans going to flip, they're going to flip tonight, so that they can. Uh, uh, head on down to the Union Pub and get shit-faced. That's why I think they already started on Matt Forehead at 3 o'clock. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll be drinking tequila shots out of Anna Hava Nagila's uh, belly button and, uh, snorting, snorting, and, snorting, and snorting lines of blow off. Never mind what he's going to snort the blow uh, off. Robin, uh, uh, what's her name, Bobart? <laughs> on this too, man. Oh, I, but, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but then again, you got to you got to remember Bobblehead Boobert's former career. She can she she can be she can be bought with a quarter left on the nightstand. Right. She had a bar named Shooters where you were encouraged to pack heat. Right. Wasn't that her? Yeah. And you know, as a small business owner, honey, you don't own a small business anymore. Right. Well, yeah, sh- shooters. You know, shooters yeah, was yeah. shooters because it was meant to rhyme with Hooters, Steve. 
damn, why didn't I think of that? You're spot on. It was it was girls in tight tops with cleavage show a lot of cleavage showing and, and guns, guns on their supposed, hip. The guns was supposed to sex it up. You're you're exactly right. That's why you wear that purple robe, man. Well, you know. I'm, so, so I try to do right by it. You know, I've got my I've got my magic eight ball and the and the screen is cracked and it always says answer hazy ask again later. But every now and then we can get a good guess out of it. You're saying Kevo is going to get in tonight. That, that's what my gut is telling me. Yeah, that, I think I think he probably does. And then it'll be midnight, and they'll pop champagne, and people, and then and then and I don't know, I don't know. They may bring their guns with them and shoot them in, in the air. You know, shoot shoot up the roof of the of, of the house. And anything's possible with this bunch. Pew 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 pew. pew. <laughs> And Nancy's gonna have to hand the gavel over. I don't think I want to watch that. I'd oh, watch I'm. Paul fixing, you know? This, this, you know, I, you, you've probably heard me pissing and moaning for a couple of days. This is, this is gonna be a little rough to get used to. But I am leading the life sanitary, so <sighs> I, I won't even have so much as a, as a stack of Pringles to assuage my grief, and um, you know. Total Little Miss Sober Girl and no carbs and you know maybe I'll sell. Hey, you know what? I I got to okay. This is this is not food porn. This is just really low rent. Just my life. Trailer food. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. This is trailer park cuisine. Up the not even trailer. This is just up the holler cuisine. But I found so I I did something today that made me very happy for breakfast. Yeah, can't have no biscuits, can't have no toast, can't have no sourdough muffin. Good God. Um, no, I'm going hard. I'm going hardcore. I'm going to try to make this work. I'm hell-bent on not being diabetic, so... Uh, yeah, well, that's why I didn't say trailer. I, I said up the holler. Um, how, I are you kidding? A double-wide? That's living the dream for me, and I'm not kidding. Uh, put a double wide on this property and let the kids stay in this house and me and Annette go over into the double oh that's happiness uh, but no this is this is this is truly up up the, this is up the holler cuisine Steve so I got up this morning grabbed me a bowl got my spoon scooped out about a half a cup of cottage cheese and uh, saw something in the shelf and thought, well, hell, that looks like hillbilly heaven. It was an unopened bottle jar of Hidden Valley Ranch dressing mix. And I opened that, brand new, pulled the seal off, screwed the lid back on and just shook me a bunch of ranch mix on top of that cottage cheese and gave it a stir and let it sit for a minute or two. Oh, it was good. You know, because here in the hills, we consider ranch to be an entirely separate food group. So I had ranch cottage cheese. Yum, yum. Well, 
Robin, what was it that got you so rattled? Was it your A1C or your BSO fasting level? You no, it was my A1C. It was my, it was my A1C. Oh. I had a doctor's appointment earlier this week, and, uh, and the nurse came in and said, "Give me your finger," and I was like, "What? Okay." And you know, and she does the punch, and she said, "We're testing your A1C." I'm like, okay. And it came back, and the doc came in with a grim look on his face and said, "Oh, we got to do something about this. This is not good. This is definitely not good." Well, isn't A1C is where they look back for like 90 days? Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a it's a 90 day look back. And it wasn't good. It was bad. Okay. Well, you heard my tell. Well, you can turn it around. Well, I'm and and and, and I was inspired by that, Steve, and I hope yeah. I can. So I'm gonna start. I'm gonna get it. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to work up a exercise routine and get out and walk and go over to the gym and you know today let's see today was cottage cheese, um, bowl of soup, um, a, a, a green salad with oil and vinegar. Um, Seems like there was something else in there. No, I don't think so. And and, and I've been kind of pretty. Fuck, this sucks. I've been hungry all day long. And <laughs> and I bought I bought a I bought a brand new blood glucometer yesterday, and I really wish I hadn't. Because I got up this morning, and you know my morning my uh, because you know, I've been testing it throughout the day. Because got it. Right. You know about the sunrise effect. Yeah, oh, the sunrise effect kicked me in the ass. Um, yeah, well, don't be too hard on yourself. Everybody does It was that. too... Steve, it, Steve, Steve, it was 2.40 this morning. Oof. Oh, goddamn. And, and, and then it went up to 2.55 without eating anything. And then by the time I, I was a little... You know, I was a little bit late to air because I was uh, about... Well, I was wolfing down a bowl of soup because I was going wild for something to eat and uh, it finally had dropped to 167 dropped well, to 167 well, call, me, call me I got a few hacks I, I know everybody doesn't want to hear about this so we'll, we'll talk well I mean I just I, I just this is just my life yeah. you know one of the one of the things that uh, my hormone therapy has done is it tends to make you um uh, it, it, tend, it tends to make you uh, more insulin resistant. That must hold true with estrogen and testosterone, because testosterone is what shot mine through the roof. Well, it may, it may. I, all I know about is the estrogen side of things. But you know, I've 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 gone up and come back down before. So and, and prednisone, any any of that. You know. Yeah, it's a it's a hormonal phenomenon. But I'm also lucky because uh, Miss Terry deals with it and she's kind of been holding my hand through it it's okay you'll get used to it you just, and then she said to me the other day welcome to my world where food is the enemy damn as much as you love to eat too yeah it's gonna be and and oh I w- i'm it's been driving me crazy because the kids ferg uh Fired up the oven and made a batch of those, god damn it, Red Lobster <laughs> Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Oh, no. Oh, they're the best, man. Yeah, they are. And, oh. I, and, and, I, and I have sworn a blood oath not to touch one. 
Ah, maybe. Yeah, I'll go check my 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 post show blood sugar and I don't know. Maybe I can have a stalk of celery or something. No peanut butter. No peanut. You could probably get away with peanut butter on the celery, but not now. No. Cream cheese. Cream cheese. Cream cheese. Yeah. But if you get to be overwhelmed, call me, man. All right, I will. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate you. I appreciate you caring like you do. All right, y'all. I'm going to get out of here. Um, By the way, Brother Deacon Asa came up with a hack where maybe I don't get uh, uh, shot down by Podbean. I hope that's the case. Um, And I was going to ask, have y'all noticed any any, uh, quality issues with the stream? I mean, is 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 the audio quality still okay? answer because I always listen to you live and in color. Well, no, that's what I'm talking about. Is this audio quality okay? Yeah. Yeah, from what I'm hearing on Skype, it's fine. Okay, perfect. I'm only on Skype since the call started, but uh, before I got onto Skype, it was good for the first hour. Okay, that's all. I, that's what I needed to know. Thank you so much, guys. Listen, thanks, everybody. Thanks for the help we got this evening. Uh, we will... Uh, I uh, can't play it this evening, Billable. Remind me uh, Remind me at the beginning of the week. That's perfect for more on Monday and or prayer meeting Wednesday. Uh, but thanks for the help. We will finish up the program um, unfunded by $28 for yesterday, which is a far cry from some of the holes we've been in, and unfunded for today. But that's that's still that's still okay. Anybody wants to help out over the weekend, we can use the help. God, we need new subscribers at Patreon and PayPal, or a la carte's fine too. Thank you all so so much. Um, oh, somebody's bragging about their A1C. Okay, rub it in. But I can get there. I can get there. Um, and even the, and just because I get down there, doesn't mean that I can start eating ice cream by the vat or anything like that or. You know, live on. Well, I have, I have a saltine and rich cracker problem. <clears throat> but thanks everybody. Thanks to our Patreon, Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Uh, thank you, thank you so much, Squeaky. Today I really appreciate it. Thank you to Kevin and Tracy, and thank you to Ralphs. Thank you so much. Thanks to each and every one of you who shares your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you to Roger and Sparky and Steve. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, the best place to listen to the first run of Malloy, which is on its way at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, is at head on dot live because no commercials. And Brother Deacon Asa asks, and I ask on Brother Deacon Asa's behalf, pretty please, like and subscribe and Leave a comment and tell your friends and neighbors about this unique and wonderful little radio community. It's so great to have everyone who is a part of this a part of this. Because this is unlike anything that's going on out there in the commercial world or even the public radio world. This program is, to get all Latinate about things, sui generis. Thanks, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, whiterosesociety.org. 
Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. And it was great to hear from you this evening, Parson Brown. Thank you for jumping into the conversation. Please stay safe. Saw an article today that said mm, in the coming year, 80% of us will have been infected with uh, the latest variant. Try not to get infected. Try to be part of the 20%, not the 80. Wear your freaking mask. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Wear gloves. Do whatever you have to not to get this. Because families care about each other that way. And this is a, this is a broadcast community that is, in fact, a family. Chosen family. Keep your social distance 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And for God's sakes, if somebody comes down along a street toward you, uh, about, you know, four, about four foot nothing talking about how, I think they ought to take in magnetometers and fill them with tannerite and just blow them to hell. Avoid that little Colorado maggot like the plague, because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Have a great weekend, everybody. Lighter. <laughs>